0: Everyone's just here for the whole day. Just, you know, drink day beers, seltzers, whatever it is, shotgun beers. Oh, gotta love Trump. He loves money. He's good with money. Everything about money. What's your favorite way to spend money? Favorite way to spend money? Beers? Beers, favorite way to spend money. Happy 4th of July. (laughs) Michael!
1: Listen, living,
0: Listening to Sick Wrong. Sick and Ron. Yes. You're listening to Sick, or Not. The Sick and Wrong, the
2: world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, t Simon.
3: It's me, K. Rambo.
2: Happy America Day, K. Rambo.
3: No, it's Happy Independence For us days. I'm so glad that you are no longer part of the Commonwealth, because if you were, you would be disgraceful to
2: us. It's America Day. Enjoy your time. Our Independence Day. Today we're lighting fireworks. We're eating meat while we're flipping the bird to your fucking queen.
3: You can flip the... Hey, I flipped the bird to her as well. But you 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 did the most disgraceful thing. She can shove that
2: Commonwealth up her moldy snatch. This is fucking America. Land of the free home of the brave k rambo
3: yeah a disgusting country and i'm glad you're not part of there's us canada and australia the countries that have uh, you know we're all civil and we're nice and we know how to cue and we know how to drink beer you guys yeah. don't even drink real beer you drink light beer fuck
2: off pussies you don't know how to kick the queen out of your country that's what we do because we're americans we're americans America. so what do what do brits do on the 4th of july like do you guys have cook-outs? What do, what do listen to waylon jennings
3: (laughs) right don't bring good the good name of waylon jennings into this for a start i'm sure plenty americans
2: are blasting waylon today while fucking wearing (laughs) jorts shotgunning a few bud lights lighting some (laughs) sparklers (laughs)
3: <laughs> fucking lights. Do you know what? Well, actually, um, we don't have. Well, in Scotland they have St. Andrew's Day, but we can't have. Wait, is it St. Andrew's? We get uh, Guy fox there. Really yeah. St. Pat. No, St. Patrick's. We don't celebrate. And in fact, St. Patrick's Day was never celebrated in Ireland until the 1970s because we're all ashamed here. You. If you say, "Oh yeah, I'm proud to be English," everyone just goes racist. You're a racist if you're proud to be English. Oh yeah, because in your BMP, are, if you have like yeah. the old flag. Yeah, what's that, so, the do you flag know, with the no, cross
2: no, what's that St. James flag what's that flag called
3: uh, do you know what so it's St. Patrick's for Ireland St. Andrew's for Scotland I think I don't actually know who our guy is well you know what I'm talking about what's the, I, what's the oh, flag oh St. George
2: St. George St. George, George's flag If you it. so Dude, if your neighbour if your neighbour has a St. George flag don't you kind of think don't you look Racist. twice at the person like that person's probably BNP
3: Oh fuck yeah, it's you just said romantically racist. So we have no days that celebrate us being us. And for that I'm glad because we are also a wanker country and we don't deserve a day.
2: Not in America cuz we're proud to be Americans.
3: Yeah, you guys don't <laughs> deserve a day either.
2: <laughs> you know Tea's I've never delicious. I have never really given a shit about 4th of July. Never. I mean it's cool having a long weekend. Like today this weekend since it's uh, Sunday, 4th of July we get Monday off. So that's kind of cool.
3: Is it paid though? Are you yeah, paid, paid holiday. That day? Yeah, yeah.
2: Everyone gets yeah. paid holiday because you—that's the day because you got to observe one day for Fourth of July. But i never really quite—I don't know. I, obviously, I'm not the most patriotic asshole in the room. Well, you um, are self African. Yeah, I, I am African. That's true. You, I have my African are? roots. Uh, but <laughs> it is—I mean—it is kind of funny with Fourth of July. I always enjoyed the—I uh, always enjoyed an excuse to use sparklers. You know, when else do you get to use sparklers?
3: Sparklers are the um, the homosexual of the firework family.
2: <laughs> the gayest firework of them They all. Are the
3: gay. There is a gay as a Catherine wheel. Why don't you just like go for like the what is it called like the mega chungus five hundred like Roman candle or something? Yeah, they're the straight you'll... boys of the uh, fireworks. Yeah, because
2: you'll blow your fucking fingers off with a sparkler. Really I mean, you might get a little burn.
3: But you're you like waving also, them in the air. You can like, also <laughs> spell your name yeah you can and make somebody yeah. take a picture of you in the old days and then you can put that as your myspace banner
2: they have sparklers nice in the rooms. uk yes <laughs> can you guys buy fireworks like is it, are they illegal
3: We can only buy them at a certain time of year and pretty much in this country it is also very frowned upon if you because when fireworks night, bonfire night is on the run up, people start releasing fireworks from October onwards, and everyone just fucking hates it. Because we're a nation of animal lovers, and everyone's like, "Want someone fickle my dog Oh, cowering the dogs under freak the bed?" Out. Yeah. Yeah. So there is like the, every year there's petitions for all fireworks to just be banned for general sale. But I can kind you of agree can you
2: buy like real ones, like real bottle rockets and Roman candles, like the huge ones?
3: only during a certain time of year you come
2: so like most states like california michigan they're they're banned and you can't have them i mean people get them like if, like especially like in los angeles uh, mexican people love fireworks so like yeah. you'll hear them all night like blasting especially like in areas like highland park and East LA is just like crazy. They get crazy fireworks because they must be getting them from Mexico. or But cool. we, c- we can also go over to Nevada where everything's legal. So you can just go buy like real industrial grade, like the fireworks they have at fireworks shows, which we shouldn't have. Oh, those. we can't
3: get them. You, you I shouldn't don't think have we those. Get them. No, no, I mean, uh,
2: like that's, uh, that's how people, blo- you know, like injure themselves.
3: Can we just talk about America doesn't give a fuck what you can and cannot have? Because you guys can buy assault rifles if you read Why does anyone need an assault rifle? It doesn't matter. America! If you guys want to deep a turkey, you fucking can.
2: But I do find it funny how like, Michigan. Like, in Michigan, you know, if you get caught with fireworks, it's, you know, you're going to be charged with a crime. You can't have them. But you can go one state over to Indiana, buy whatever the fuck you want, and then just drive back and then light off the fireworks in your backyard because you're American. That's what America we do here.
3: baby. It's
2: America. Yeah. But tell you the, the truth though, uh, K Rambo, I don't know how uh, celebratory I'm going to be this Independence Day. I'm a, I'm a bit broken up. A bit broken are up you? about John McAfee.
3: Oh. Are yeah. you? Has it affected you deeply into your very soul,
2: into your car? I admired that guy. He was an American hero. A true fair, like American him. hero, you know. He's
3: an outlaw baby.
2: Not to mention a living meme. He was a living name. I always appreciate that. You know, (laughs) He's like an intelligent Charlie Sheen. Like if Charlie Sheen had a brain, he'd be John McAfee.
3: I always thought of him as he's like, because obviously Hunter S. Thompson is a very embellished character in his books and in his, you know, obviously in the film, he's very embellished. Yeah. So I always think if Hunter S. Thompson had actually been that person that he writes about, he would have been McAfee.
2: Kind of. I I don't think McAfee was that cool. Like, Hunter Thompson was cool. Like, he was cool. He had style. He was, like, talented. McAfee's just kind of a, like, an asshole McAfee's
3: talented? Oh, my God. Well, he's he's a a smart guy. No, he's, like, intelligent.
2: That's what I'm saying. He's, like, basically Charlie Sheen because he likes hookers and he likes doing bath salts. But at the same time, he has a brain. (laughs) Like, he wrote antivirus software. You know,
3: yeah,
4: and
2: so I mean, he's an intelligent Charlie Sheen, more or less. But what a troll! What a life this man led. I've always admired him.
3: He's a, yeah, I like him. He's a troll on the same level of like James Elroy. He like just is that type of level of troll. I like and, it. And you never do like him. you never
2: knew if he was uh, kidding, if he was taking the piss, or if he seriously was. You know, trying to like. Start, I mean, he tried to start a militia in, in South America. We're going to get to that in a second. But anyway, uh, John McAfee, British-American entrepreneur behind the McAfee antivirus, uh, the first commercial antivirus software still being used to this day, uh, was found dead in a Barcelona prison cell June 23rd. It's only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his lawyer um, said the death appeared to be the result of a suicide. Uh, the Catalan Justice Department also saying it's a suicide, but there's been some conspiracies already yeah, trusting, circling about here.
3: Yeah, the Spanish police, who you know definitely investigate everything thoroughly <laughs> to their ability. They're not lazy at all. The Spanish police, the paella-eating police of Spain.
2: Well, in October, uh, he had been arrested in Spain and charged with tax evasion and willful failure to uh, file a tax returns. So he is awaiting extradition to the U.S. If he had been actually extradited to the U.S. and convicted of what he's charged for, he's facing up to 30 years in prison.
3: Yeah, it's a nasty end. But he would have been in, like, you know, the, the, you know the, low, the low end of the jails, wouldn't it be? He wouldn't have had to go to, like, a, a supermax or anything like that. You can't He'd have lock been
2: McAfee like, up, though. McAfee's a free spirit.
3: He is a bit, hes an you know, outlaw, He baby. wasn't going to let it
2: happen. He's an outlaw. He's an outlaw. Uh, and Spanish courts approved his extradition— um, but then, uh, hours later, he was found unresponsive in his prison cell. But the extradition actually wasn't finalized. They approved it, and then, uh, and then that type of stuff can take himself.
3: years as well.
2: Well, now there's conspiracies surrounding his death. Uh, his lawyer Javier Vialba um, said that they saw no warning signs that McAfee was going to take his own life. Even his widow, Janice McAfee, who I'm surprised she's even admitting to uh, being married to that guy. Uh, said she last spoke to her husband hours before he was found dead, she said he didn't seem suicidal whatsoever when they spoke.
3: Come on, that's like suicide class one where they say everyone who commits suicide, they never tell anyone that they're going to fucking do it. It's the people who say, I'm going to kill myself who don't actually kill themselves.
2: Yeah, but you you could imply it. I mean, you could be really depressed or down or something like that. He didn't even seem down. He seemed like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying the food here. He wasn't wasn't having a bad time The paella is
3: great. They're not putting chorizo. It's real paella. Uh,
2: Social media users have posted John McAfee didn't kill himself. And these theories uh, resemble those that surrounded registered sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) After (laughs) he, quote unquote, committed suicide. Um, A lot of these these Epstein didn't kill himself theories. And now these McAfee didn't kill himself uh, theories are being promoted by QAnon. So there's ties to Q, of course, which QAnon's another list. So it's like a group of trolls, but they, they tend to like jump on any bandwagon that can give them any kind of publicity, even if it's like doesn't even relate to them at all. Like, um, you know, remember that cargo ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Remember that? That was like the making the classic memes. Well, it was making all those it.
2: headlines, but QAnon's like, oh, yeah, it's because it's full of pedophiles and they're Hil- sex trafficking. It was,
3: yeah, it was Hillary's. Um, Hillary. Yeah, it was like Hillary's, Hillary's children. Boat.
2: It's like, yeah. yeah, Hillary's like cruise ship of traffic, sex traffic children. But I think they do it. They kind of jump onto like, uh, you know, to, to, to jump on the bandwagon to like highlight their theories and promote themselves. But. There are some strange coincidences here with McAfee. Um, that When McAfee, de- like hours right after, right after he died, right when news media was reporting that he was dead, um, someone uh, typed Q, the letter Q showed up on his Instagram account.
3: <laughs> what does that even mean?
2: But it's unclear who... Uh, oh, my God. Who...
3: No one typed the letter Q.
2: <laughs> but it's Not unclear... Who uh, who would have uh, who had control of the account when it was posted? Someone it was obviously Q. the
3: head of QAnon, writing, <laughs> writing his initial, the dreaded top Q of QAnon.
2: Yeah, but I mean, isn't that kind of weird though? This guy, this is McAfee's social media account, verified user. Someone posted the letter Q. Yeah,
3: because it's not at all hard to uh, break into social media accounts. It's not hard, and the scientist to do things like that if you're a a troll hacker
2: he probably had a stupid password too in 2019 mcafee uh, tweeted a message about suicide accompanied by a picture of his new tattoo that he had on his shoulder that said whacked but with like a dollar sign w-h-a-c-k-d whacked see this is his
3: type of humor i like because he's such a troll he's like do you know what fuck it i'm gonna start the rumors already he well, that's, that's the thing. I think
2: he, he, he's a shit starter. And I think what he likes to do is, uh, you know, provoke people and cause controversy. Cause yeah. yeah. And so I think what he was doing here, he, was, uh, he tweeted, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, McAfee. I like how he refers to himself in the third person. We're going, to, we're going to kill yourself, whatever that meant. I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself... I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm and he shows a picture of his tattoo.
3: <laughs> I think you should get that tattoo. You've probably got some space somewhere.
2: I should get I could probably get it on the gooch.
3: I was gonna say gooch. you gooch. Yeah, you got that done it's tattoo yet? free you should get whacked. Get the word whacked you gooch. The <laughs> well, chicks'll <will> love it.
2: <laughs> McAfee definitely was whacked. Um but yeah, so after he was arrested in October twenty twenty, um he said he tweeted out I'm content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine.
3: What a dickhead.
2: <laughs> so what do you think, Kate Rambo? Is there a conspiracy going on here? I
3: think mean, there is zero conspiracy. You, I mean, do you this think this is he what offed himself? I totally think he offed himself. This is what he wanted. He wanted people to come forward and say, it's a conspiracy. And QAnon did it. I mean, the, his whole life this is a man who burnt the candle at every fucking end and candles they burn out fast and but this he's is also him a, burning out
2: a self-aggrandizer i mean this guy just needs to be important completely. He Needs to be you know he needs to be relevant and he will fight against irrelevancy any way he can even though it's like all right everyone kind of thinks you're just a whacked out charlie sheen uh, but you're yeah. like the geek charlie sheen but a anyway, drug addict as well yeah, but I would have hung out with this guy for sure. You know, well, I would have gone to
3: his uh I'm not saying I would have been part of his harem, but uh maybe I would have paid a little visit, done some songs in Belize of him. Why not?
2: But what a life this guy led. Very interesting life. That's one thing uh I mean, it was very colorful. mean <laughs> he led a hell of a life uh before he suicide and I can't really imagine another way that guy could have gone out unless he got whacked. Um but McAfee <laughs> here was born in the UK, um, mid-1940s. His parents moved to Roanoke, Virginia when he was young. He had kind of a tough life, actually. I didn't know. I, I was doing some research on the guy because I've always admired him. And, you, you know, you know stories. But I was actually doing some research, reading articles about him, and found a lot of interesting facts about the guy. Um, but one thing I didn't know is uh, he had a tough life when he was younger. His father, who was a road surveyor, was an alcoholic, chronic alcoholic, um, violent, um, when uh, McAfee was 15, his father committed suicide. And that's something oh, right. that troubled McAfee throughout his adult life.
3: You also know that that does, um, usually if you're the uh, the child of somebody who has suicided or somebody close to you in your childhood, you're way more likely to kill to yourself commit suicide, yeah. when you're older. yeah.
2: So McAfee went to Roanoke College where he took up drinking. <laughs> that was his uh, major. Um, but he was a shrewd entrepreneur, though, at a young age, like even when I mean, like his first couple of years in college, he started a magazine business selling door to door magazines, which he claims made him a small fortune. Um, but he's a smart dude. He graduated Roanoke uh, College, 1967, degree in mathematics. And then he kind of worked like a bunch of just random companies. But he got into like the software computer industry at a very early age. Like he got in got into it in like the early seventies. It's like when Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were, you know, starting the uh, the computer industry. Right. Um, he did a lot of just random random companies, like random jobs though, ran, random business ventures. As a sideline, I wrote that or I read that uh he was operating a business called the American Institute for Safe Sex Practices. Uh, oh, which nice. yeah, it was one of his several ventures that sold wallet sized cards that stated um, when their holders were last tested for HIV. So this would have been like in the early 80s when AIDS was just coming around. So it was kind of like your, it's almost like my anti-vax card, but it's like my anti-HIV card.
3: Yeah, he always seems to be at the start of uh, revolutions,
2: it seems. Center. Yeah. So in the late 60s, kind of how he got into the computer industry, uh, he started working for a company that coded punch card systems. And that kind of taught him the basics of early computing. Um, then he uh, started his own company where uh, they would use IBM computers to help cal- calibrate train schedules. And it was around this time when he was working for this company uh, it's the Missouri Pacific railroad. He began dabbling with harder drugs. He would go to work oftentimes just tripping balls on LSD. This is from a Wired interview I read. So he would show up at work just tripping on LSD. It is the late 60s, to be fair. Um, One day, he was sold a bag of a psychedelic known as DMT.
3: No way! Yeah,
2: snorted a line of DMT, said he felt nothing at all. And then he decided to just do the whole bag. And that's (laughs) when all hell broke loose. (laughs) Yeah, I like his uh, spirit. (laughs) He's just like, I'm not feeling anything. Let me just do this entire bag of DMT. Uh, I guess he he flipped out, ran outside, screaming, uh, pulling off his clothes, um, hid behind a trash can, and wouldn't come out from behind the trash can. And so when people were asking him questions, he couldn't understand what they were saying. And so, yeah, he just like was hiding it behind the garbage can, screaming about the voices he was hearing in his head, yelling at people not to look at him
3: don't look at me it's such a classic breakdown wouldn't you love to have been at work that day Be like oh shit the boss is losing it
2: well i'm sure everybody is just like wow check out Wackafee. he's like he's just whacked out on dmt right now guaranteed people like he was definitely part you know there are a lot of office gossip i guarantee about mcafee
3: oh i bet
2: so it was around this time, I don't, know, I don't even think he got fired for it. I bet you people, like, especially in the 60s, because these drugs are so new, they're like, oh, he's, he's just like under CEO the weather. He's
3: like a CEO going to fire him.
2: I don't know. He wasn't the CEO. I think he was just a worker there, but at this point. Um, so then uh, he moved to Silicon Valley in the, in the 1970s, uh, worked at various tech companies, including a stint at uh, NASA, um, the whole time just abusing drugs and alcohol with reckless abandon. That's I mean, who you
3: want working at now. <laughs> sending you he's, he's already at the moon, right? He can get you to the moon.
2: But it wasn't until 1983 that he ended up uh, getting sober. I guess uh, he hit rock bottom at this point. He was working at a company called Omex. I'm not quite sure what they do, but uh, it was a tech company in Silicon Valley. His daily routine was snorting Coke at his desk and drinking a bottle of scotch every day. <laughs> yeah, it was at this. Yeah, it was at this time that his wife left him, and uh, he went to he went to AA and got sober. And he was like Good. a like a flag waving teetotaler, like he never yeah. drank. He was against drinking, yet he would do bath they, salts.
3: <laughs> that's like Waylon Jennings. It's like, oh yeah, I don't really drink, but I'm gonna do five hundred quid's worth of cocaine every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because I don't drink.
2: So. So so around this time, he ended up uh, becoming sober, stopped uh, drinking, stopped doing cocaine. And he started working at Lockheed Martin on a uh, voice recognition program. And it was around this time, like mid 80s, 1986, 87, uh, that he started up uh, McAfee Associates out of his home in Santa Clara. So if you think about it, it's almost like the perfect job for this guy because you know, he definitely had like paranoiac delusions. So don't you think this guy would be like, someone's breaking into my computer. Someone's giving my computer viruses. So it made sense to me that he would start an antivirus company.
3: Yeah. It's you know? very natural.
2: And so it was also around the same time, mid eighties, because computers were just coming out. And these were like those old eighties computers, like the huge oh, ones. Oh, we had
3: them. Yeah.
2: My, my family, I think uh, I never had a computer till I never had a computer till I moved to San Francisco.
3: Well, my dad was a graphic designer, so we've had computers in the house. Did you guys since, have a Mac too? Like, the late eighties. He had one of the massive Macs. It was so clunky and hard to use. Mac but 2E. every year he would like get new newer and better equipment for his job.
2: Well it was around nineteen eighty six the first computer virus hit PCs and people like it blew people's minds. Like no one knew what to do about it. And so he came out with this McAfee uh, antivirus software and The thing is, I mean, it was a novel thing because, you know, no one was using, you know, no one even thought about computer viruses. I mean, they were so new at this point. It was in the infancy of computers. And they were first, like, you know, being distributed uh, commercially. And so uh, he came out with his antivirus software, but he marketed it perfectly at the time. It was revolutionary. He was right time, right place. uh, Gave the antivirus away for free. The software was free, but... Hearing he money through the licensing fees for it, so you could get the software for free, but if you wanted to license it and use it, you know, in perpetuity, you had to pay for it. And so he just started making bank. He made so much money off of it. It was mainly because of a virus at the time called Michelangelo. They hit the scene like in the late 90s. So he rolled out. He started the company in 1986. Started giving away this antivirus software late 80s, and then it was around like early 90s. Michelangelo, his first like you know, worldwide uh, virus that infected as many as 5 million computers, he hyped this as, like, one of the worst viruses that's going to, like, ravage everyone's personal computers. And so he's like, the only way you can protect yourself against this is with my product, McAfee. And, uh, yeah, there was a growing fever to protect their computers, so it it almost worked out perfect for him. Everybody started, Tim. like, signing up for McAfee. And the, the fact of the matter is... It was completely like a hype job. I mean, this Michelangelo probably affected maybe, I don't know, 20,000 computers. You know, 30,000 As I said, did
3: he not make it? <laughs> did he not make the virus well, and then say that he's the only person who can cure it? Yeah.
2: I yeah. mean, it, it sounds like something McAfee would do, though, you know? For fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, because of all the money they made from fighting this Michelangelo virus here, uh, propelled McAfee to go public. And the company became a multi-million dollar business. And this is like around 1993, um, 92. He left the company in 1994. So it was like shortly after they went public. I mean, the company's worth millions of dollars. Uh, he decided he wasn't a great manager. And he's like, I'm stepping down from being CEO. The company that's still retained surprising. his name. But yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like, I'm stepping down. At that point, his net worth was said to peak at around $100 million. So and that's like 1990s money.
3: 1994. Yeah.
2: In uh, 2010, the company known as McAfee Inc. was acquired by Intel for $7.68 billion.
3: Don't fuck me. <laughs>
2: so you should, probably should have waited it out. Um, but yeah, he sold, his, he sold his shares in 1996 and it gave him about $100 million.
3: That's more um, than you'd ever need, David. Don't be greedy. You don't need to be a billionaire. A millionaire is enough.
2: <laughs> he definitely um, kind of uh, epitomized that whole like weird you know uh, I'm like the anti CEO like cuz he was very unconventional like uh, there there were a bunch of um, accounts of uh, secretaries that worked at the company at McAfee that said that uh he would show up just wearing torn jeans and tennis shoes uh one lady said she goes at first I thought he was a mailroom employee had no idea she's like that it was actually that was McAfee the CEO
3: Well, I've never worked in an office environment, so I can't attest to it, but I definitely work in a torn jean environment. And it's weird when the guys in suits come in, you're like, who the fuck are they? (laughs) You're like, oh shit, they must be the big boys.
2: I mean, it is different. It's definitely different. when, uh, Like in the Midwest, when I worked in Illinois at at, uh, different companies, people would show up, you wore wore suits, you wore uh, slacks. And then there was always like casual Friday. But the dot-com... World of uh, of Silicon Valley, and they definitely kind of change that. Like people just showing up wearing yeah. T shirts. Uh, California's a lot more lax about it. it depends on it, it. Also depends on what you do. Like I tend to wear a uh, button down shirt and hide my tattoos, mainly because I don't, <laughs> I don't think. Don't know. Well, I don't think people would care. I just don't want to talk about it. I don't have to like go into it with like my coworkers. I'd rather just like not even have to <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> but there's a lot of people at my work, especially anyone who's creative like writers and uh, animators and things like that, they they don't care about showing off their tattoos. But but people who are like executive level almost always wear like button-down shirts and ties.
3: Yeah, I definitely think it's a thing of the past. Uh, it's getting, uh, well, getting I think, yeah
2: I think. I, I hope it's lessening. I mean, it's like, who really cares? Especially now in the era of COVID. I do find it kind of funny now in COVID times, like everyone's wearing like a button-down shirt, but you got like your underwear on or shorts because no one yeah, can see, you, you know, waist <laughs> down. <laughs> um, his secretary here, Miss Nation, who said, he, you know, described him as wearing ripped jeans and tennis shoes being unconventional. She said he was very hardworking and, uh, she recalled him as having a penchant for women and drugs and sex. He's a freewheeler, this guy. It's yeah, I um,
3: understand his, uh, his perchance.
2: <laughs> so, uh, McAfee, has got a hundred million dollars, sold all his shares, stepped down from the company and he kind of kept a low profile. This is like late 90s, early aughts. Um, he would give young startups advice, lectured at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. He started working on a few uh, projects of his own, um, Start buying up real estate. So he was putting that $100 million to good use. Bought up uh, property in Hawaii, Colorado, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico. Nice. Nice. Um, It was in, uh, he, 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 he started a instant messaging company called tribal voice (laughs) that didn't really go anywhere. (laughs) Um, then he, he got super into yoga. Like he wanted to be a yogi. So, uh, he, he started writing books on the subject and offering seminars.
3: I never knew that. That's so weird. Yeah.
2: He was into, he taught daily yoga classes, but then he said it began to feel too much like work. So this is like probably around 2006, 2007. It was at this point he found a new passion in Arizona. Aero trekking. Which I didn't even really know what that is.
3: What is that? I've never heard of that.
2: Well, it's kind of like you fly at low altitudes in the desert in these open cockpit planes that kind of look like motorcycles with wings. So it it's kind of looks like a motorcycle. Right? Like it's, it's, you have wheels and you have like a seat, but then it's got wings and you kind of fly at low altitudes. But I mean, you go like, you know, Ninety miles per hour in this thing. Um, oh shit! He led a group of pilots known as the Sky Gypsies, who enjoyed, uh, you know, skimming over the desert floors. And so, uh, people in, in the area of Arizona where he lived, and he'd buy these like huge homes, and like you know, his Sky Gypsies would cruise around. People objected to the buzzing of the Sky Gypsies. People were annoyed at how much noise these Sky Gypsies would make. And you know, it's not like he's just doing it during the day. I bet you he's riding this thing around fucking all night. He's doing
3: it whenever he wants.
2: Yeah. This is totally like basalt.
3: This is bored millionaire stuff. Oh, for sure. And you just have to put up with it. Because he's the millionaire, the wacky millionaire
2: we can lives buy next off the cops. Off. Well, I'm, he was definitely wacky. I'm sure people are scared of him. Uh, he started a made-up organization of lesbian bikers who were oh, cool. said to be on the verge of rumbling into town for an annual meeting. <laughs> he would start all these rumors because he's a crazy—he's whacked. whack a <laughs> You know, and people, like, people yeah. kind of feared him. People were like, what? You know, we're living next door to a maniac. With his sky That'd be gypsies cruising around. If you
3: believe that, all the, uh, the uptight white people in the neighborhood going, the lesbians are going to come.
2: <laughs> well, I'm I've sure heard. people like, own these ranches in, uh, you know, in Arizona. It's a very conservative state. And now you get this like, whack-ball CEO with his, with his $100 million coming in. You know, I'm sure yeah, you have crazy like parties. Hookers, to shake plow. up town. Um, but it was, they kind of caught up to him in 2008 during the recession. The economic collapse caught up to him. And uh, one report said in Forbes said his fortune shrank from $100 million to as little as $4 million. Oh,
3: shit. So got to get rid of all those bloody mansions, mate. Don't need them no more.
2: Well, around this time, uh, April 2008, McAfee was named in a wrongful death lawsuit by the family of Robert Gilson, a 61-year-old who died in a crash of one of the Aero Trekkers.
3: Was he a Sky Gypsy? Was he a member of the group?
2: Um, well, this Aero Checker was piloted by McAfee's nephew, who was also killed. Um, oh, shit. But I guess uh, the, you know, the, the family sued McAfee. The Gilson family sued McAfee. And uh, McAfee... Gilson's lawyers claimed that McAfee was poor-mouthing his own fortune as part of a legal strategy, saying, like, well, I don't have any money left to pay you off. But then he okay. took off and he went to Belize. Because he felt that the US and Belize don't have any kind of like extradition, you know. uh, um, It's a safe zone. It was like when
3: all the Nazis went to Argentina, they knew they were going to be safe there. Well,
2: there's no evidence backing that. I think he just thought that in his own mind.
3: Oh, right, right.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, so whatever. He took off, skipped town, left Arizona, left the Sky Gypsies behind, he went over to uh, Belize. And then he bought up a number of properties on the Belize mainland. So Belize is kind of a Caribbean country, just, I guess, more Central America, just south of uh, Mexico. It's so like one of the countries south okay. of Mexico, on the Gulf of Mexico. Probably, I mean, I'm sure his money went a lot further there. Um, oh, but it's a, it's a he was tro- probably the know, richest man on the island. Oh, for sure. And so he bought, like, a veritable compound. Like, he bought a massive estate. Um, he also bought a water taxi service. And uh, he started his own uh, biotech startup called Quoramax, which uh, he was gonna develop natural antibiotics with indigenous plants in the Belize rainforest. Um, this I've
3: heard of. This is all very William S. Burroughs in his quest to find yage. This is all <laughs> this always reminds me of.
2: Well, it sounds like he has like these auspicious reasons for doing it, but in the end I think he I think I knew in the end, his true <laughs> motives were revealed. So he yeah. built this compound, huge chemical lab. Um, a, you know he lived on like, you know, acres of land in this big, massive uh, home uh, mansion. And he hired a microbiologist named Alison, Adonizio, um, and he got her to, to work on this product. He was going to, you know, um, make Quoramax, and he was going to make this product that could be used that would use plants. To combat illnesses.
3: Doesn't Um, she become his girlfriend
2: for a while? You know, that's unclear. That is unclear. I think he wanted that to happen, but it was unclear if they actually if that ever happened.
3: Oh, I bet they totally took some drugs and maybe she shagged the boss and was like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have done that.
2: Yeah, possibly.
3: Do that again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, a lot of drugs there. Um, so she moved 2010, two Belize started working for his Quorum X company. And she realized very soon, shortly after, after moving there, that he didn't seem very focused on the stated mission of combating illnesses. Instead, his focus was running around the forest in search of an herbal version of Viagra for women. Oh, he for was, ladies! Yeah, he was going to make a libido drug.
3: Oh, so we could kill every man who was snoo-snoo. Is that what he wanted?
2: <laughs> I think he was trying to get women horny. McAfee was like, he was a horn dog, that guy. He liked to fuck. Wa- Do well, drugs yeah, and Well, yeah, he
3: did. If um, you're doing drugs, it's what it, it's a side effect of drugs, isn't it? The horn.
2: Well, Allison was a bit upset at first. At first, she kind of played along, because obviously she was probably getting paid, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. But then is- she realized, like, this is a hoax. He's he's whacked. Like, I mean, you I think... Within, I bet you within like hours of meeting McAfee, probably within minutes of meeting McAfee, I think you realize like, okay, there's something, this guy's off. Something off kilter about this dude.
3: He's booking your return flights home.
2: For sure. And their relationship became tense. He started showing her, like he was kind of like crossing some boundaries into like, you know proper uh the proper relationship of a boss and his subordinates uh he showed her websites devoted to various kinds of kinks he became increasingly increasingly open especially when his girlfriend was out of town about bringing prostitutes off the street and into his bedroom she said one day uh, she was walking like through the living room she found a garbage bag full of viagra like a garbage bag full of viagra
3: Steel needs some of that. <laughs> Ship them to steel.
2: That's a lot of Viagra. They, I That's mean, they, like too
3: much Viagra. Yeah. It can kill you, Kai, if you do some Viagra because it gives you a heart attack.
2: Yeah, no, I, mean, I think a lot of people could die from it. Um, after she had, Allison, had broken up with her boyfriend, uh, he kept trying to set her up with these weird friends because, you know, he probably had a whole straight, bizarre crew. Um, so she, he was trying to set her up with these weird friends that were into polyamory and uh, hardcore kink. He tried to convince her that uh, love doesn't exist. So she might as well just give in and sleep with these crazy circus folk. Like, I don't know if he was hanging out with like carnies or what, but you know, he hung out with cool people, McAfee.
3: Yeah, super cool people. The polyamorous, <laughs> the probably like the five polyamorous people <laughs> in all of the least, he's found them. Well,
2: he also liked to hint that he had underworld connections. Like he hung out with dangerous criminals. And so he would imply, like, I can take care of your ex-boyfriend for you if you want. If that's a problem, I can take care of that. And she was just like, I'm going to move back to the States. And so (laughs) she told him that she wanted to, like, end their business partnership. Well, he physically lunged at her. And she had to lock herself in the lab while he was, like, trying to smash the door down.
3: He was always going to end this way. To be fair, I don't think he was ever going to let her go back to the states with like a "bye, great working with you, see you soon." Yeah, I don't (laughs) think there's going to be a severance package
2: like that. No. Um, As soon as she started questioning his motives with the business, he turned on her and became a horrible person, controlling, manipulative, dangerous, threatening her. Um, She she was saying as soon as she got back to the U.S., she was thankful that uh you know she got it got out from that life and away from him she actually even had somebody fly out to help her escort her from his escort her from McAfee's home
3: in case what there was like a a Leo Ryan at Jonestown incident
2: well who knows what he's capable of you know at that point um so it was around July 2010 this is uh right before Allison was like I'm I don't think this uh, Quorum X is really leading anywhere, and I think I'm about to pull the plug. It was right around this time that McAfee began posting on a drug-focused Russian message board called Blue Light about his attempts to purify the psychoactive compound known as bath salts. This is when he started dabbling in bath salts. This is when the crazy really took hold of this guy. It's when he became full-on McAfee.
3: People who take bath salts are all sane. Bath you know, they, they're one of the most sane-inducing drugs I've ever found. It's just
2: weird. Like, why would you take bath
3: I suppose he's probably trying to find, like, the cleanest form of drugs. It's, like, pure, isn't it, when you can create it yourself through a chemical compound, because he does have a scientific type of mind. So I can see why he would be drawn to creating a synthetic drug, to create something that he wants to get the type of high out that he wants well, i can see him wants. going down that route
2: you know what he, he wants what he
3: wants to, he wants women to the get hard. his dick
2: wet he wanted to recreate <laughs> what he called super perv powder that's what he was <laughs> yeah, that's in oh his class for super perv powder
3: Why? oh why didn't he just bring back quaaludes i've always wanted to try quaaludes why didn't he bring them back
2: because i think this stuff is Talk like you
3: McAvee.
2: 10 times stronger than a Quaalude. So he wrote under the pseudonym Stuffmonger. That was his handle (laughs) he used on the uh, message board. I like it. And he said he's a huge fan of MDPV, MDPV, which I've never heard of. But it's like a light brown version of of this drug. It's basically bath salts. It's like a tan kind of light brown powdery uh, uh, version of bath salts. But he claimed it was super perv- powder he said the drug delivered a jolt to his nether regions that he never forgot he said it's the finest drug ever conceived and not just for the indescribable hypersexuality, but for the smooth euphoria and mild come down
3: that sounds yeah. good so what happened to this McAfee? well he called it, is the is the it? Tan. Must produce it the tan he, the
2: tan it's like a slightly like browner brownish version of mdpv which is not commercially available it's illegal here but you could get it and uh you can get it in uh, belize um he warned about the dangers of handling the freebase version of the drug so he i think he probably just snorted it but he said if you freebase it he's had visual and auditory hallucinations and the worst paranoia of his life he said less than usual well he said the most (laughs) effective way to take a dose Rectal insertion, a procedure he's, known as plugging.
3: <laughs> he's such a pervert, but mind you, like who else has he got to test these drugs on? He's got no one else. He's well, his own like, guinea hookers. pig. He could be trying it on them, but he's I'm sure got they're to know. trying it
2: on him using his technique. He says, "Measure your dose. Apply a small amount of saliva to the tip of your middle finger. Press it against the dose and insert. It doesn't hurt as much as it sounds. You know, we're in an arena here." Drugs, libido—that I navigate as well as anyone on the planet. If you take my advice about this, it might sound gross to some people, you'll be rewarded. <laughs> so, would you—would uh, you ever plug a drug, K. Rambo?
3: What if a man asks me if he says, "Go for it"?
2: Did I just you? try it out, yeah.
3: We've all been there with like our boyfriends, or we've got some coke, and we're like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna put this on your dick, and I'm gonna start it off. We've all done it. I feel like, yeah, why yeah, but have it you not? ever I'll like booty bumped it? it? Have I, has that ever personally happened to me? No comment. <laughs> I'm a good girl, do you, Simon? No comment.
2: I've given a couple girls some booty bumps, but never with uh, bath salts. Just blow. No,
3: but I've never taken bath salts. And I carry bath salts. Like I'm, I'm old now. I don't, I don't. want the hassle of taking bath salts. I just feel like I'm not into that zone of where I'm just gonna completely lose myself. I'm like an old person. I like. I know what drugs I like, and bath salts is. Yeah, it's also
2: them. a line I'm not gonna cross. You know.
3: Yeah, um, you you can't control yourself on them, and like every other drug I've taken, you can control yourself on. That's why. He take
2: them. he posted on this uh, message board that he is stuffmonger. He claimed to be stuffmonger, but he said I don't do drugs and I'm no chemist. I am, however, a very practical joker who doesn't mind investing months in a given joking enterprise. That's what I'm saying. He's a, he, he's a, he's troll. a joker. No, he's a total yeah. troll. So you never know if like he's being serious about this, if, if it's legitimate or if it's some kind of big elaborate troll. Um, MDPV was recently banned in the US but remains legal in Belize. Uh, it belongs to a class of drugs called cathinones, which is a natural source of... Uh, you know k-h-a-t that east african plant right yeah um people says that uh it's essentially just a really really powerful methamphetamine um the the addiction specialist here dr paul early says that uh um the drug the, he well, he talks about warns about, about the dangers of M- mpdv he says that uh his in his experience is testing uh, there are psychiatric and medical dangers of the drugs and they've cared for people who have, who have had it. And they, all these people report intense and unpleasant visual hallucinations after binging the drug. A lot of people suffer mild to moderate paranoia, which could last three to seven days. So
3: Yeah, like with regular methamphetamine.
2: But, but I mean, I think that also kind of explains a lot of McAfee's behavior. I mean, he was a chronic user of the drug. I'm sure for like, you know, days on end. He was probably having like paranoia delusions, delusions of grandeur, um, you know, hallucinations. People they say on this drug you hallucinate monsters. Oftentimes, I they think say, police are after them.
3: The shadow people. The shadow the people shadow are real, people. and they are there for him.
2: Yeah, that's you know, and and there, you know, people have said like he's uh, you know McAfee. It explained McAfee's behavior. I mean, McAfee would say like you know it's all a prank. You know, this is an elaborate prank to try to like, you know, uh, tone down suspicion, but psychosis inducing, if you're doing psych psychosis inducing hallucinogens weeks on end, I think you're probably going to, uh, end up having some kind of, uh, uh, long-term issues. One of those things is, um, you know, he started becoming a, a strange from his friends in his community. So after like going on these drug bitches, um, yeah, he like, he started, uh, he left He left his home where he was living in Belize and uh, he started, he moved to it like a small village called Carmelita, um, which isn't too <gasps> like far from song. his research lab.
3: This song, I guess the it's G. Kind G. Of like, Allen song
2: Well, it's not, a G, it's a Warren Zevon song.
3: I know, but G.G. Allen's version is, it, he takes that song and makes it's it a his great, own it's a
2: great song. Oh, um, I didn't
3: know it was a real place.
2: Yeah, it's a town. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was a Carmelita Mexico too. It was in this town, Carmelita, that he began a volatile relationship with a young prostitute who helped convince him that the place was riddled with crime and was a hub of, like, narcotic trafficking. And so, and
3: shadow people.
2: Well, at this point, he decided, I'm going to confront the local thugs. So he converted a brothel into a bar in a family swimming pool area, called it Studio 54. He then bought another building. And built a police station which is like carmelita's first real police station he basically was chuck norris on meth you know He, um, yeah and so the locals were like who is this guy who's this weird american you know that didn't even bother to ask if you know they needed, you know, asked the police if they needed help. He just kind of came in and was just like, yep, I'm starting a police force. I built a police station. And they never, no one, none of the police officers there used the police station that he built. They all thought there was like something off with of this guy.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of weird,
2: you know. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, McAfee started building up his compound. So he had security guards. He had a whole like, almost like a, like a militia like McAfee's militia. Also, he had 11 guard dogs.
3: Oh, nice. Like Rottweilers
2: and Dobermans, yeah. And uh, he started to either win over or negotiate truces with the local cartels, drug cartels. So it was around this time that uh, he started guarding a lot of suspicious, you know, suspicion from the police. You know, um, th- he's almost like a Bond villain in a sense. He's got this lab, you know, surrounded by a lot of men with weapons, with assault rifles guarded by dogs it looked pretty suspicious to the gang suppression units you know that operated in uh that that fought the drug cartels so they raided like, they raided this compound
3: yeah it's kind of like um, escobar has come to town and he's going to bring you some like hippos and all this type of stuff but he's not doing anything good for the community <laughs> yeah
2: but well, that's the thing he's... escobar gave back to the community and this guy was oh, just like completely. a flamboyant i think he wa- i think he wanted to be a drug lord I think he, yeah, because you know, he was like a self-aggrandizer. I think he just like thought he was, you know, more important than what he actually was, you know. So anyway, he was arrested, spent the night in jail, uh, charged with unlicensed manufacturing of drugs and possession of an unlicensed weapon. Uh, the charges were all dropped eventually, um, and the the gang suppression unit wasn't was certain that meth wasn't being produced in the lab, but. They were, they thought some drug was being produced and MPDV, the, the pervert powder that he was making wasn't illegal. So you could make that if you wanted to, they, they but they weren't able to determine if meth, uh, was being made, but it was at this time that he went into overdrive with his paranoia. He thought he was being watched. He was freaking out. Um, he started claiming that, uh, he had no connection to society. And so he started writing in his blog. My, he had a blog called whoismcafee.com, which might still be. As I say,
3: up. he has no connection to society, but he has a blog. Does he have like a live journal and a art as well, <laughs> where he posts all his deep inner thoughts?
2: He said, my fragile connection with the world of polite society has without a doubt been severed. Um, he goes, my attire would rank me among the worst-dressed Tijuana panhandlers. My hygiene is no better. And so around this is like 2011, 2012, 2012, authorities and police questioned him in the connection with the killing of a neighbor, his neighbor, Gregory Fall. Um, Apparently, Mr. Fall hated McAfee and filed a complaint saying that uh, his security guards were trespassing on his property and that his dogs were a nuisance. Obviously, like most people, uh, Greg Fall wasn't a huge fan of McAfee. I mean, he lived next door in like a huge mansion right next door to McAfee's mansion. And but McAfee, it'd be awful. McAfee is a neighbor from hell. Let I me mean, think about of it. Of
3: course, it'd he be was... like living next door to Steve-O.
2: Yeah, but with like guns and prostitutes and dogs. And dogs. <laughs> yeah, and he definitely. Um, you know, he definitely had some issues. Another a real estate agent who actually sold him his mansion at Ambergris uh, K, um, that's, that's the, uh, the, the estate that he lived on. I guess he, he one, one day woke up like 530 in the morning and he found McAfee had like climbed up three stories to his balcony and was sleeping like on his balcony with his pants just soaked with urine, no shirt on. And this like, is like
3: my favorite area of Jim Morrison. You know, when Jim Morrison got really fat and was pissing his pants and climbing up uh, the Chateau Marmont. This is it. this is like Jim Morrison at his worst. run. <laughs>
2: I mean, McAfee claimed that uh, thirty to forty police officers were chasing him, but the, it was all a lie. It was all an exaggeration. The guy was just insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like high off his tits on basalt. So uh, they actually ended up calling police and. Uh, And the police returned him back to his home. But now Greg Fall, on the other hand, was an American, very wealthy man, who uh, had a home away from home in Belize. Uh, He had a beachside property that was his paradise. This was his retirement property. And it would have been great had it not been for McAfee, his militia, and his 11 guard dogs. So um, he had filed a complaint with the local mayor, and it was a little... Maybe like two weeks after this complaint, McAfee woke up to discover all of his dogs poisoned, vomiting, blood, and convulsing.
3: <gasps> did, it, did his neighbor kill his dogs?
2: That's well, questionable. Or did uh, he do it? McAfee shot them all to put them out of, his, out of their misery.
3: He just shot his fucking dogs Joe Exotic style, didn't he?
2: Well, by that Sunday, his neighbor Greg Fall had been shot in the head execution style.
3: <gasps> I don't know if he did it or not.
2: You know, I wonder if McAfee is actually capable of murder. I, th- I think he'd like to think he was.
3: I don't think he's capable of murder. I think it takes a lot to, I
2: think to, he'd like to go think, there and do it. I think he'd like to think he's like could be a murderer. Because he I think he fashioned himself you know, he fancied himself an outlaw. But I don't know if he was capable Across of, line, of like, I don't know if he different. was capable of murdering someone execution style. But someone no. did.
3: And someone could easily be paid. To do that. And he certainly knows the Belize underworld, apparently.
2: Well, someone did. And uh, McAvee claimed that it was the gang suppression unit, the GSU who had arrested him like a few months prior. He, they, he claims they mistook, mistook him from me. They got the wrong house. He's dead. They killed him. Spooked me out. And so he went into hiding. He disappeared. He started wearing disguises. Um, he would pose as, as a drunk German tourist in a Speedo. Uh, wearing like an oversized Hawaiian shirt, um, but that was
3: easy. He
2: also dresses a, uh, a as a as a peddler in ragged brown pants. His cheeks stuffed with chewing gum, trying to sell like his <laughs> wares to reporters and uh, and I bet and that tourists. was also
3: easy for him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it was at this point he fled to uh, Guatemala, and uh, which I guess makes sense. You know, it's it's American territory, so you could go there. But in his mind, I think he thought that. Uh, He could hide out there and not be extradited back to Belize. Um, But he he ended up in hiding. He was caught because of Vice Magazine. Vice (laughs) Magazine flew two reporters down to interview him. And by mistake, they posted pictures that had GPS coordinates attached to him.
3: Oh, so his own, like, kind of antivirus protecting you on the internet thing kind of bit him in the ass in the end, in a way.
2: Well, I think it's his own uh, hubris. Like, he obviously wanted to bribe Well, obviously Vice it's Magazine him being and, stupid, and Vice yeah, Magazine and posted that. And so he gets, he flies to. he's on the lam. He flies two reporters to interview him so he can, like, you know, give, give the world his, his story thing. about being an outlaw, being chased out of Belize uh, by authorities. And meanwhile police just track the GPS coordinates of those reporters and bust it Yeah, it's him. very
3: Alanis Morissette ironic that, you know, he's made his fortune off being safe on the internet, but it turns out it's the internet that gets him
2: arrested. Well, he was arrested, charged with illegally entering the country of Guatemala. He faked a heart attack in order to avoid being returned to Belize. He was then deported to the U.S. Uh, this is in 2019, um, but not charged with a crime, a federal judge ordered him in, uh, to pay $25 million in the wrongful death suit brought by Mr. Fault's estate. So he wasn't charged with the murder of uh, Fall, but he had to pay a uh, wrongful death, uh, another settlement for wrongful death. It's probably where most of his money went. So it was at this point he's back in the U.S., live in the U.S. He, uh, he started talking about cryptocurrencies. He was a big fan of Bitcoin. Um, he was also really outspoken about criticizing the government. And this is around 2016. He ran for, he ran for uh, president as a libertarian, a libertarian. against Gary Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was also kind of odd, too. He was making all sorts of weird videos. I totally recommend this to people if you want to see a funny McAfee video, and I'll play a clip from it. But he put a video, a bizarre video. This came out in 2013 on YouTube called How to Uninstall McAfee Antivirus. And uh, in this video, he ends up, like, getting undressed uh, by prostitutes, snorting coke with them, showing off his collection, he shoots a computer. I'll I'll play a little clip from it. Okay. Yeah, this guy's so My name is Sean
0: McAfee. I'm the founder of the McAfee Antivirus Software Company. Although I've had nothing to do with this company for over 15 years, I still get volumes of mail asking, how do I uninstall this software? I have no
2: idea. He, you know, he looks, he doesn't look completely insane here, but you know he is. Um, here's a little later in the video. It's a long video, but you should check it out.
0: All right. Well, not completely, you know.
2: He's surrounded by. I mean, it's always
0: there. It's watching. it has been he's watching me for years. Every time I turn on the fucking computer, it's there looking at me. You know, something went wrong.
2: He's got this, this little box next to him that just says bath salts on it. He's got guns. <laughs> he's surrounded by, like, what is this? One, two, three, four, seven prostitutes.
0: Fifteen years ago, I had some beautiful software and they took it over. I don't know what they did. It was like the time I hired that Bangkok prostitute to do my taxes while I fucked my accountant. It was terrible. This. <laughs>
2: A I just joke. love how this guy was a CEO yeah, at one point.
3: Yeah,
2: it's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he ran for president in 2016. He he decided to run under the cyber party, but then switched to libertarian after realizing that there is no such thing as a cyber party. Um, but his platform was just personal freedom, more legalization, more cybersecurity. Um, he wanted to legalize everything, obviously, except for murder and rape. Um, but his tagline was, if you ever wanted to see a presidential candidate talk about basalt, salts, I'm your choice.
3: I would have voted for him. He's got my vote.
2: <laughs> the basalts salts candidate. Um, unfortunately for the American people, um, he lost the nomination to Gary Johnson. So there you go. But yeah, McAfee was a weird guy. You know, he had a lot of different hobbies this dude had. You know, later on, after he's back in the U.S. talking about his Bitcoin running for president, he started his own Mixology 101 series where he'd come up with his McAfee cocktails.
3: Nice, I like it. On his Twitter, yeah.
2: One of his, uh, he came up with a cocktail called the Gin Sky um, where it was just a pinch of Mediterranean salt. A little bit of gin, some Mai Tai, some sweet and sour. I think he just came up with these combinations like two minutes before filming the video, just like throwing a bunch of shit that was in his kitchen.
3: I'm into um, this gin Mai Tai situation. I would drink one of those right now.
2: Well, he also uh, invented a drink called the Whale Fucker.
3: What's the Whale Fucker?
0: I, give, I don't know what's wrong with you people. I give you the RS crypto, whale fucking. You're just not satisfied you got to have mixology, drink mixing. Fucking alcoholics,
1: but anyway, let me hit
0: so that So he's in
2: order. his kitchen, mixing the up the whale fucker.
0: In honor of whale fucking, the whale fucker. And here we have it. got,
2: got some Smirnoff, doesn't even have good vodka.
0: You use only Smirnoffs, nothing else will suffice.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's in round. his kitchen. <laughs> it looks like he just like rented this house too. Oh, yeah. And he's just got a bunch yeah. of just random bottles on a counter.
3: Tab. You can't even get tab.
2: <laughs> Not going to play the whole thing. It's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of uh, unclear what's in. Uh... Okay, this is what's in it. It's Smirnoff, kombucha, uh, triple sec, roses, lime juice, and one maraschino cherry. That's the whale fucker.
3: The whale fucker. That it's... sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, that's another
2: one of his elaborate uh, trolls. He was he was going on during. During his 2016 presidential run, when he was being interviewed by reporters, he would start talking about uh, whale fucking. Like, that was a sport that he would do. He, obviously, I don't think there's any truth to this, but it is funny that he come up with it. He said, if you go by the Molokai Channel, which I think is in, uh, I think it's in New Zealand, uh, there's a good chance um, you'll see me. And he referred to himself, John McAfee, fucking a whale. What type um, of
3: whale, John? That's what I'd like to know. There are many different types of whales. Which type so of whale are you actually fucking, say John? say
2: which kind of whale. Um, there were
3: right whales and there are wrong whales to fuck.
2: I'm thinking a humpback Trust me. whale. He Is says, that the type
3: of whale you'd fuck?
2: I'd fuck killer whale.
3: Oh, because you're dangerous.
2: And they're killer smart. Like they're uh, they smart. They're sleek. They're sexy. Yeah, um, I agree with you. He said you might think whales are smart, but that doesn't mean they, can't, they can consent to sex um he said oh, giving so whales he's raping them well he was saying some people <laughs> if you if you try to have sex with a uh with a beach whale it's non-consensual that is rape but if you have sex in the water with a whale that's consensual you know there's an art to whale fucking and those who don't abide are worse than scum
3: i would have gone to dinner with this man <laughs> he's yeah, he such s- good crack.
2: <laughs> he said fucking a beach whale is not cool you need to do it when the whale's resting on the su- on the water's surface <laughs> but yeah, this guy had a harem of women, seven women at, at one time. Um, he would inject testosterone into his buttocks to keep him uh, young and virile.
3: Oh, okay. So that one keeps you young and virile. Not the seven women. Although, I mean, is that not seven women to moan at you about, like, oh, you've not done this to John? John, you said you were going to do this. Maybe. Seven but he's women got a too many.
2: Garbage bag of Viagra. You know, you got to put it to good use. <laughs> um, he said some people think it's horrendous I live with seven women aged between 18 and 25 People can think what they want The women all get along um, Except for one of his uh, lovers A teen named Amy who tried to shoot him He said she tried to kill me when we first met Though we got, we got past that Now we just have sex Yeah he is like, he, He's quite a character
3: He's like Hugh Hefner but like the, uh, the cool Hugh Hefner
2: well he became like a living meme and he was self-aware too that's the other thing about mcafee he liked to take the piss even on himself he had a self-deprecating sense of humor um and he, you know he had this he, he could still go check out his twitter page but he had a yearly meme contest which users could submit their best original john mcafee memes for him to post
3: walden could have won that
2: yeah i'm walden sure missed his calling but that's the thing with John McAfee. The reason why I admire the guy and the reason why I think he's a true American hero is he was a man who transcended sanity. He was beyond sanity. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't confined to our, our levels of sanity that, you know, just to be a productive member of society. McAfee was beyond that. You know, he's the opposite of complacency. He just had a life that was filled with action and you know, unexpected outcomes, that guy. He was a true American hero and a true sick and wrong hero. Rest in peace, John McAfee. I'm gonna miss that guy.
3: I am too, but I mean, if you burn the candle at both ends, like don't be surprised when, yeah, when your end comes soon, but yeah.
2: People this episode 798 here is sick and wrong. I've got some news stories coming up next and phone calls a little later in the show, but first here's a word about our Patreon page.
5: Brothers and sisters, this is The Atheist Preacher, and I'm here today to tell you about the Sick and Wrong Patreon, patreon.com slash wrong. As we all know, money is the root of all evil, so what better way to cleanse your soul than by kicking some into the plate for the Sick and Wrong Patreon. Not only do you get to enjoy all the original sins, like extra news stories, phone calls, and outtakes. You also get to feel self-righteous knowing you've helped this Jew and this Jezebel on their path to hell. Hallelujah.
2: So the first news story we have here has to do with a teen who is charged in the drowning death of his father after a botched exorcism. <gasps> Massachusetts teen claimed he drowned his father in a pond because he saw a demon in a man's eyes. He was pled not guilty. Uh, Jack Callahan's only 19 years old. Investigators uh, say that he submerged his father's head underwater several times, killing him in an attempt to rid 57-year-old Scott Callahan of a supernatural force.
3: Is this in Salem? Tell me it's in Salem. Uh, Salem, Massachusetts.
2: Duxbury.
3: Damn it! So Duxbury. close! Duxbury. Um, on June it, 28th, you Americans go on about where we live, and you have Duxbury there. Well, at least it's
2: not called like Cockerberry. That's what you guys would call it. <laughs> um, you got to fit the word cock in every town
1: name.
2: <laughs> on June 28th, police, police were dispatched to a home in Duxbury, Massachusetts after receiving reports uh, that a 19 year old was acting ironically, yelling that his father was missing. Um. Scott Callahan, uh, the father here, was later discovered unresponsive in Island Creek Pond. Uh, Emergency responders attempted life-saving measures on the Massachusetts man, uh, but he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Uh, Preliminary autopsy said that he had waterlogged lungs. He also suffered broken blood vessels in his eyes and abrasion on his head. Uh, Jack Callahan uh, his 19 year old son was arrested and charged with one count of murder. So prosecutors noted that his father and the, the father and son had both been picked up at a hotel in Boston by an Uber. So, they, Duxbury, I think, is a suburb of Boston.
3: Oh, I've always wanted to go to Boston.
2: I've wanted to check it out, but it's kind of, uh, I've heard it's like such a very sports town. So they sports love town. Sports. I know of.
3: I know a, few, uh, a couple of cool DIY bands from there, so I think the DIY scene is really good in Boston. That's why. Like
2: the I Dropkick up. Murphys.
3: Are they actually from Boston?
2: I think so. Are you... they actually, I or was it just was because thing. of that
3: one sleazy so film that you associate them <laughs> with?
2: I'm pretty Boston. sure the Dropkick. Mur- I'm looking it up. I'm pretty Are sure they? the Dropkick Murphys.
3: Wherever they're from is where they should go back, and then they should just get into the side of coffin and just be put away for all eternity. Oh
2: wait, they're formed in Quincy, Massachusetts.
3: Which is probably a suburb of, of Boston. Boston is it? I'm sure, right?
2: Um, but they seem like a band from Boston. So the father and son were picked up at a hotel in Boston by an Uber, and that the elder Callahan appeared intoxicated. So the okay. father uh, had a history of substance abuse, as well as a traumatic brain injury and other health issues that made his executive functions questionable. Sounds like a great dad. So younger Callahan. Um, young uh, young Jack here, is his name Jack Callahan? Yeah, Jack Callahan, that's a great name.
3: I know, it's like a, a police, it's like a police like guy Dirty in the Harry. wire or something. Jack Callahan!
2: Well, it was Callahan, I don't remember his first name. Harry, Harry Callahan.
3: Harry Callahan, do you know, what I tried, um, I watched um, Deadpool the other night.
2: Great movie. Never seen
3: it before. Yeah, I Guns made it roses. about- I made it up until the last 20 minutes and then I shut it off.
2: What? You missed the ending?
3: I don't need to see the ending.
2: How do you know what it was happened? It's a
3: slog. I don't really care what happened. It's a slog. It was a slog to get to that point. <laughs> it's
2: Very difficult for a movie to uh, captivate your interest.
3: Well, I will turn films off no matter what point they get to it. I just don't I can't care. What, I don't you'd watch care what a happens movie at the end. All
2: the way through for the last twenty minutes and be like, I'm gonna shut it off. At that point, and you've um... invested more time. Then I was, at
3: that point, I was so bored that it got to where I was like, I could watch like a strangers with candy episode now and that will fill me with way more joy. So I was like, let's do that. And I just shut it off.
2: Short attention span millennials. <laughs> um, so the younger Callahan said he uh, uh, told police he'd gone to Boston to retrieve his father from a bar after receiving a text from saying that he was at this bar. Uh, they then took an Uber to Island Creek Pond where he was planning to baptize the whiskey demons out of his drunk dad.
3: The so, whiskey demons. So
2: did you ever try this with your drunk dad?
3: No, but I tell you what, I get the whiskey demons. So there's certainly, I always say that water is a hangover cure. So this situation could have happened to me. Uh, although I, I am scared of ponds because I think they're disgusting. So it would never happen in a pond.
2: Yeah, but it was, okay. So was drunk dad possessed by whiskey demons?
3: yeah and i've definitely inherited them and so has my older brother
2: so did you ever try to like uh, baptize them or do an exorcism or anything like that
3: no i was just like come at me demons it's your boy and now i have them too
2: you were enabling it weren't you like going there and buying him his white wine
3: yeah i would get his booze for him and the, the
2: whiskey demons he never you said he never drank it like the pub though right just no, he home. would never go
3: to the pub because it's too expensive to go to the pub. Um, and I'm very similar as well. I drink at home because it's cheaper.
2: I always wanted to be one of those kids that had to go fetch my dad at the pub, like Bart has to go get Homer.
3: <laughs> yeah. <at Mo's. laughs> but it's so expensive if you drink at the bar. It's way cheaper, unless it's just cheaper to yeah, drink at that's, home now.
2: Well, that's, you avoid your family. That's why you don't want to drink at home. You want to be away That's from true. Them.
3: But my dad drank alone in his bedroom, my dad had his own bedroom. That's what most alcoholic alcoholics do. They sit in their bedroom. He would just close it and you would have to knock and if he if he didn't say come in you
2: would would not go in. I think oftentimes they don't they bond like like Homer, you know, had his like Moe's family. That was his real family. We're all loners.
3: Um, We're all like loners, Dottie. We're rebels. We don't need a, a second family. One family is enough for us. Jesus. Well,
2: I think you should have tried to baptize the whiskey demons out of the drunk dad. Although, I'm not sure how effective of a technique that is. Um, because, so anyway, what happened here is that the teen eventually, so he's, at first the teen was really upset, but then after being questioned by the police, he started uh, explaining what actually happened. So they went to the pond because he was planning on baptizing Uh, the whiskey demons out of uh, his drunk dad. And when they were at the pond, an altercation broke out, a physical altercation between him and his father.
3: You don't Um, say.
2: He said that uh, the victim, his father started punching him in the face. He went on to state that in this incident at the pond, he believed he was baptizing his father. He described that he was holding his father in the pond on his back like a baby and that he continually dunked his father's drunk head in the water four to eight times and then when his father started to cough and choke, he would lift his head up. And then when the father started to fight, he would strike him and then push his head back under water. He did this until him. the father stopped struggling <laughs> and just floated there.
3: Until Still. he had died, son. Yeah.
2: Well, he exercised the demons. Um, not going to be drinking anymore. He then returned home to, or returned to his home in Duxbury, Massachusetts, where, the, where his mother ended up calling the police because his son was I don't know, soaking wet and visibly upset.
3: Oh, and stank of pond. Ponds are disgusting. Pond scum. They, gross, they gross me out.
2: Uh, Jack Callahan then told police, My father's missing. I don't know what happened. I blacked out. They always use the blackout defense. They, they do. An officer took the teen outside for some air. He then said that his father had been hitting him. And that's when he blacked out. And when he came to, he woke up in the house, like in his house, oh. soaking wet. So definitely, like, I, I want to know how this kid got all the way from Boston to Duxbury, soaking wet. Like, I don't know if he caught another Uber. The, I, I let was the about guy to ask.
3: He must have got an Uber, but you think an Uber would be like, I'm not letting you in because I'm just going to have to clean my car after you've been in it.
2: Yeah, especially if you're soaking wet. Maybe he. Yeah, walked. I wouldn't
3: let him in. Must have walked. I wonder how long out, it takes. Though.
2: Uh, the defendant also was hyperventilating and passed out a couple times, which, uh, prompted the police to call for an ambulance. Um, while, uh, they were questioning him, he said, I left him there to decide. You can either come, come to heaven with me or to hell. And I think he chose hell. Fuck um, yeah. the younger I'd Callahan, hell too. the younger Callahan said that, uh, he told police they believed his father's body was being possessed by a spirit that he called Dirty Dan. And he was trying to baptize him in an effort to exercise the Dirty Dan demon.
3: Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan is totally one of my (laughs) ex-boyfriends.
2: I worked with a strip club (laughs) DJ named Dirty Dan. That was his nickname.
3: And he's quite ubiquitous I think everyone here knows a Dirty Dan or two
2: He was the epitome of a strip club DJ He was like very pot-bellied Short guy Fucked up teeth I think he had like three teeth He was probably in his like late 40s And uh Yeah ve- Like very unhealthy He had like this greasy ponytail And he had been in the industry since like the 80s Probably yeah Probably the 80s since I worked there He had like a very He had a funny style He's kind of Because he's a big fat guy would be like Come into the stage, guys. Put those hands together, guys. Very beautiful guys. That's how we that's how we'd talk. But what was weird <laughs> about that dude, he almost drank himself to death. Uh, this is before I worked with him. He was actually... he was, As far as strip club DJs go, he was actually kind of a cool guy. Like He and I were very equitable. like split up the shifts fairly. And he was actually kind of a cool dude. And we'd cover for each other. Um, but Dirty Dan almost drank himself to death. Uh, had to like... I don't know if, like, the – he had to stop drinking or he would have died, but he had, like, chronic uh, cirrhosis of his liver. liver. Oh, and fuck, so yeah. He stopped drinking, and then he married, like, a mail-order bride from Romania. Like, she was young. Cause this dirty... must have
3: been, like, the first wave of mail-order brides as well. Well, maybe. I don't know,
2: because he was older when he married her. Yeah, remember
3: before it was a thing back like in the late '90s, early 2000s. It was that Nicole Kidman horror film about ordering your mail order bride. He would have been like one of the first to get like a mail order bride off the internet. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm not sure what service. Well, I don't know. I I think he claimed that it wasn't like a mail order thing, but there's no way. It's a mail order thing. Like she was like. I don't know, like 25 years, his junior. So he's probably about like 46, 47. She had to have been like 20, 20, years old, 21. Um, really pretty too, especially for, you know, to be married to such a fat old troll. But what he did is he put her through med school. And, That's uh,
3: nice of him. Yeah,
2: she became a doctor. And he quit strip club DJing, retired. And he, he I don't think he works. She supports him.
3: Oh, that's good that they've still got it together. I thought she would have missed the uh, the mayonnaise and the gray meats of the Eastern Bloc and would have had to return home.
2: No, I don't know. They got married. She's a citizen. And, uh, yeah, she supports her and takes care of her uh, fat old troll. And I think he lost a lot of weight. I, I kind I of lost troll. touch with Dirty Dan, but he was a cool guy. I always liked him.
3: Well, now he's healthy, Dan.
2: He exercised the Dirty Dan demons. He did? Um, so Jack Callahan, the 19-year-old the, the here, suffers, also suffers from substance abuse issues, just like, just like his dad. Sounds but yet, like it. he had ongoing mental health issues that recently surfaced. Um, do Hence, say. I'm going to baptize the demons out of my drunk father. Uh, detectives commented that the events were bizarre, to say the least. And they also said that uh, the defendant began banging his head on the floor at one point. So they put a boot... Underneath his head as a buffer, so he wouldn't, yeah, so he wouldn't, like, smack his head on the floor. Uh, Callahan's being held without bail. His next court appearance is on August 12th, but he must undergo a competency evaluation prior to that hearing.
3: Which he'll He's going
2: to pass that.
3: <laughs> I don't either.
2: What do you have here for the second story?
3: Um, I also have um, a story about, like, um demons and the devil. Because I have the British teen allegedly killed two sisters in a blood pact with the devil to win the lottery. Hmm. It's a loaded, packed, loaded huh? headline. Uh, Hussein is accused. Um, and Daniel Hussein is accused of stabbing uh, Bieber Henry forty-six and Nicole Smallman twenty-seven to death last June at a London park where the social worker and the photographer were celebrating Henry's birthday.
2: Oh wow! He awesome. killed her on her birthday.
3: Yeah, oh, of all the Terrible. days. I always hear you when you read a story and it's like, and they died two days before their birthday. It's like, oh, I would be so gutted. I'd be like, if only I'd just held on
2: Yeah, and like the for that one special birthday.
3: day I get a year and said, I'm going to die before we can celebrate it. But oh, well. <laughs> so Jira is represented with a copy of his sayings, handwritten, deal with the devil which was found in his bedroom and signed in his blood. So the British teen has been accused of murdering the two sisters. Allegedly, he is signed with a demon in blood to kill six women every six months in exchange for winning the lottery. And the details of this contract, they've been heard in the murder trial of him, and it all came out on Wednesday. Hmm. Listen to this, Dee. You might recognize one of these names. Under the ghastly pact with uh, Lucifuge uh, Rufa the supposed prime minister of hell, according to occultists, Hussein has pledged to perform a minimum of six sacrifices every six months for as long as I am free and physically capable. He also promised to kill only women, to build a temple for you, Lucifuge, and to do everything that I have promised. And in return, all he asked for, all Daniel wanted, was to win the Mega Million super jackpot, be rewarded with wealth and power, and to never be suspected of the crimes by the police.
2: How many millions are you talking about here?
3: Well, in the in Britain, like the lottery, kind of like differs in between each one, but sometimes it can be a lot of money. It can be like six million, ten million. I mean, here,
2: here, Mega Millions can get up to a billion dollars.
3: I don't know; it never gets to a billion here. here. It'll be like 20 million or something like that, which for one person to win is a lot of money.
2: So six sacrifices every six months. So you would have to keep killing every six months. If it was just like, okay, kill a couple, I get a few, you know, get to win the mega millions, might be worth it. But you just gotta continually keep killing people.
3: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a a big schedule to pile on you. It's a lot of effort too. Uh, also in court, they they pulled up his bank records, and they show that he had bought multiple lottery tickets in the days following the brutal things. I imagine him just circling every number that has a six in it, <laughs> just being like, "Fuck it, one of these gotta land." <laughs> Another contract that they found that he had written in his blood. Uh, in his blood, it was found addressed to Demonology's Queen um, Bailiff, in which the alleged demented teen killer had asked the spirit to make me more attractive to women romantically, in exchange for you know killing them so he You're... can kill them and then they'll fall in love with him.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't even matter if you get uh, you know if you win the, the lottery here with millions of dollars. it Doesn't matter right. what you look like at that point. You got it's millions of true. dollars.
3: Yeah. Apparently, the demon, the, the demon's supposed demands, which is now coming out. I'm surprised they don't get the demon in court as an eyewitness. Uh, the demon wants incense. It wants sweet drinks like Rockstar. It wants chocolates, red candles, and more blood.
2: Where is he meeting That's what demons these
3: demons, wants. demons? Pardon?
2: Where is he meeting these demons? Like, is he invoking the demons?
3: I don't know, but it sounds like. Probably five of your ex girlfriends.
2: Yeah. Well, this <laughs> this demon sounds sexy though. With the, <laughs> with the sweet train. Yeah, she just
3: some, some rock stars, some monsters. She sounds cool. I would hang out with her. Yeah. So they fa- they arrested him because they found, obviously, a third person's blood at the crime scene and they could link the DNA back to his family, yada, 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 that old chestnut. So they found that his father actually lived near the park and they managed to get security footage, footage of him returning home at 4 a.m. just after the killings. One of my officers deployed to do some research around purchase of knives uh, blocks uh, piped up straight away and said, I've got him buying knives in Asda a couple of days before the murders. And Inspector Simon Hardy said...
2: There's cameras everywhere in England. You can't really hide that.
3: Yeah, we're all about the CCTV here. But this is why you need it. Because you need Asda cameras. So you can be like, there he is buying the knives and it matches with the wounds. That's why no one that's why no one's on death row here because we what? don't have a death row
2: i think it's really lame that he's just buying regular asda knives i wasn't using like cool curved like occultist blades Ooh, like he bought off or etsy or something yeah like i mean if if he's going so far to like make a contract in his own blood and buy incense and mad dog 2020 or whatever for the demons <laughs> it's like why wouldn't you like go that one step further and get like a sacrificial blade or something
3: a really cool blade. I I agree with you here. Yeah, he with should like a jeweled some,
2: scabbard and just yeah, like yeah, he know, should have brought whole some yards. drama,
3: and he didn't. He didn't deliver, and that's probably why he out. got.
2: It's
3: probably why he got caught. The demon was probably unimpressed. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm not gonna let him win. His blood was found all over the crime scene, and uh, this shows you the levels of a 19 year old Daniel's. Uh, you know, his capacity Wait, for why is blames. his blood
2: at the crime scene? Do they like? wound him or was he like cutting up his like was he a cutter i don't get well this. he was
3: probably because he had these shitty knives he was probably like going to the hilt i would imagine when he was stabbing them and that hurts your hand and i imagine he punched them and did like well, loads of
2: i bet it's you hard. they attacked him though too i'm sure there was of a course. struggle
3: so but after he'd done this murder where he had uh the, his blood all over the scene guess where he went he went to the hospital to the hospital because he'd hurt himself and he told the the good doctors the good doctors who were under the Hippocratic Oath at this point that he had been mugged and he he had refused to give a blood sample when he was arrested and he didn't give a reason Hmm. but the alleged blood contact killer he told investigators that he was very surprised that his DNA was linked to the women's bodies because he hadn't submitted a blood sample But what he didn't realize, because he's not the sharpest knife in the Asda Asda block, was that they had performed a cheek swab on him and they'd gotten his DNA that way.
2: He just thought they they could could only get his DNA through
3: his blood. So earlier as well, two fish and chip eating cops, they were previously charged with misconduct because they had taken selfies with the mutilated (laughs) bodies of the sisters as they lay in their, you know, their, their death their death scene in the green and they were sharing the disgusting although can I just say that one man's disgust is another woman's pleasure they were just sharing these pictures on whatsapp wow, with their their mates. they're like check this yeah. out wow. yeah like hey we're at a crime scene laddos <laughs> uh, Mina Smallman who is uh, the youngest victim's mother she stated that this has taken our grief to another place
2: Well, yeah, now you get memes of your uh, mutilated daughters it's terrible. It,
3: it, well, yeah. Why fucking not, though? <laughs> Get it on. Be, we <laughs> don't were, have Beskar. I
2: was just wondering what the caption was. Like, just hanging out.
3: Hey. Typical Monday.
2: Like, I, I, what, know what were they thinking?
3: If we still had, like, Besgar and Rotten and, like, um, Ogreish and Steak and Eggs and all this place. Um, steak and Cheese, sorry. If we had all these places, then um, maybe the police wouldn't have to share selfies. I think they're
2: doing it to like, you know, freak out their friends.
3: To, yeah, their friends who were working like, um, what, on the roads that day. They're like, <laughs> guess what we're doing? We're doing big boy crime. Whey. Check it
2: out. Um, so, what, so did he win? Did he win the lottery?
3: The trial is continuing. And no, he did not win the lottery.
2: <sighs> God, all that effort, murdering those people, making blood contracts. How many did he even get did you even get, like, the uh, the mega number?
3: No. Have you ever, What's the most you've ever won on the lottery? $2.
2: Is
3: that it? $2, yep. I've won 250 quid on the lottery before. What?
2: 250 quid on a, on a scratcher or on actually, like...
3: No, on the on- lottery, I used to... Well, I still have the app on my phone, and every month I used to put 20 quid into it, and I had certain numbers I picked that was, like, my birthday, Elvis's birthday, Ron Ashton's birthday... And um, the first time I ever did it, I won 250 quid. So I just kept it rolling over till I'd run out of money. Do you ever win again? Yeah, I would win like 20 quid here and there or a couple of quids. But I sometimes do the syndicates at work when they're like, oh, it's a mega million jackpot. If 10 of us go in, there's, you know, blah, more chances of us winning. Sometimes I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then we'll have a mass walkout on a Monday when we all win. But I never have.
2: Yeah, most everyone is $2, but. Whatever. I, but I wasn't making blood packs with demons, so maybe I should start doing that.
3: Yeah, I'm going to start doing that too.
2: People send your stories, sick and wrong podcast at gmail.com. We've got some phone calls coming up next. 323 522 4032 is that number. But first, here's a little ditty from Adam and Eve.
0: Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word fiddle. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you.
2: So we got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, 323-522-4032 Choice is that number. Remember to keep it under three minutes. Uh, We've got a call from a caller who I haven't heard from in quite, a, quite some time, actually. It's been a while remember alberta girl
3: oh yeah i like alberta girl
2: yeah she called in
4: nice hey Dee, hey kate it's alberta girl calling um first of all i haven't called in quite a while so i just want to say kate love 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 you on the show and uh, uh have a little bit of lady boner for it you. you are amazing and, <gasps> lady uh, sexy and funny so keep it up um, I'm a little behind. I'm on episode 789, and I just listened to the injury, so I just wanted to call quickly and give you my version of the injury. And no, to make clear of kind of what you guys were asking about in terms of where she tore. Similar situation: the boyfriend and I going at it like rabbits. And I don't remember if there was Molly involved or not. I don't think so. I think we were sober this time, um, but definitely our fifth, sixth time of the day. Things were raw, things were rough, and similar incidents. And I tore,
2: kind of like a ziploc bag opening up. Um, and it was on the Wait, like a what opening up? A milk bag? Because she's Canadian. Uh, a that's milk what I, bag. No,
3: I don't think she said milk bag. Oh. But that's just what I thought. A she's mil- Canadian. What's a
2: milk bag?
3: Will they get their milk in bags in Canada? They, Do you they? don't get it in bottles? D Simon, every time I tell you about a food, you act like you're in the 1930s and you're just coming out of rationing.
2: No, what, yes. who, what? How do you bag your milk? Like what kind of milk bag? It's in bag?
3: bags and then they have like jugs at home That they put it in, it's in them, That's how you get your milk in Canada okay? that's Everyone bizarre. knows this Why wouldn't you have Everyone... a carton of milk? Do you know what? This is why you're not part of the Commonwealth Mate, we ousted you Because you just don't understand no, This is no, Commonwealth things
2: That's why we were like get the fuck out of our country With your weird fucking milk bags you Fucking <laughs> weirdos, bags, we're American okay. We'll drink our shit from a carton like normal people.
4: Side of the labia, where the little labia meets the big labia. It wasn't a clitoral hood. It was the crease in between where your hole is and where it meets your outer lip.
3: Oh, like and- lower down.
2: So wait, it's your where your inner labia meets your outer labia.
3: Wait, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, let's move the camera in here. (laughs) Where your inner labia meets your outer. I've never had that happen. Yeah, so
3: it's not as high up as what we were thinking. Because I remember when the guy rang back in and he was telling us about the mindry, both you and I were thinking
2: it was
3: high up. It is lower down where, yeah, so it's like just where the hole is
2: you got to uh, be probably kind of dry and raw for that to happen. Well,
3: I think both of them said that they were dry and raw and they've been fucking like rabbits for ages, which is always where there's friction. There's going to be injuries, isn't you know,
2: there? I'm wondering if uh, I've never experienced this because I'm too small.
3: Oh. <laughs> 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 like, a, like a dill pick <laughs> Like it's
2: just never been an issue. <laughs> <It's like laughs> my dick is lost in a sea of vagina. It's never happened. Um. No, this know, has I never
3: happened to me because I'm I'm like wet like a har. <laughs> I'm wet like at the sea. <laughs>
2: but I can see no, I can see that though. I've had no, I like can. I've had uh, you know meth fueled sex. It's drug sex. Well yeah, and you've just you've fucked for a long time and eventually shit gets raw and dry, and I bet I bet you you know if you're you know, the friction causes a tear. Ooh. Pouring blood like a milk bag.
4: It <laughs> just ripped open like velcro and there was blood Ugh. everywhere. Ugh. I did not go to the hospital. I just kind of waddled off to the bathroom, and you could see a trail of blood behind me. My boyfriend's not good with blood. He kind of got queasy and almost passed out. Well, I'm trying to nurse myself. I'm trying to keep him from fainting. Um, and it did take a what little a while to heal. Luckily, I didn't need any stitches. I didn't cook get help. But I'm thinking that's what happened with the injury, is it just kind of tore open like...
2: Ziploc bag, of Velcro, and just created an extra
3: little
2: hole. No words for the wear. A few days later, back at it we were. So yeah, that's all. <laughs> wow, she and recovered Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> She's like back on the horse within like a c- love, couple yeah. days.
3: Would I love you... girl. I also have a lady bone Alberta girl. a girl if,
2: if you tore your vaginal area, wouldn't you probably take a week off?
3: I did say to you that when we first were talking about the injury, I certainly wouldn't go to hospital. Um, but how can you take it off work? What am I going to ring up and be like, "Hey, guess what, guys? I fucking I've torn my pussy asunder. I can barely walk." Did I not tell you this story the first time we talked about the injury? Oh, I, I think- don't think I did. My friend who, so my friend was like, "Um, shaving her pussy." Not me, hundred percent. Not me, right? Get yeah, this out. Your it friend. wasn't me. My friend was shaving. My friend who was called Claire was shaving her pussy and she had just bought a new razor and she buys men. This is why I don't use men Gillette razors because they're, they're sharper than like the women's razors. And she got that because it's better for shaving your legs. So she was shaving a pussy and she just kind of like slipped or she just like misused it. And she fucking just shaved off like a fucking piece of her labia uh,
2: and,
3: and it was like just a tiny like slice, stuck in a the sliver. she saw it in the razor and she was like what the fuck what the fuck did you do and she was pissing blood everywhere and she had to it was like a sunday and she had to go to work for like obviously the next day and she had to she just thought i'll just wear like a, a sanitary towel until like it kind well, of like it calms down. Did it stop? Yeah, it stopped, but it was, like, bleeding because she had to sit on, like, hard office chairs for, like, all week, and she just said she could barely sit. God. She was, like, having to hover on the chair. If she sat down in the wrong place, it would pinch, and it would just start bleeding again. And I was like, that's a real Mindry. And she's, like, she was, like, she's never shaved her pussy fully ever since ever since that moment. I was like, don't no wow. fucking blame you.
2: So she's got, like, 70s wolf pussy right now.
3: She has got thick hair, so yeah, she will have 70s wolf pussy, which hmm. I don't mind.
2: Did her labia heal normally, or is it deformed?
3: Well, obviously it healed fine, but there's a little nick in it. It's kind of like you know when cats get little battle scars in their ears. She's got a, little, a little battle scar in her, her
2: pussy. In her bladder shutters. Nick.
3: But she, her pussy has gone down from being a diamond level now because she's had a child. So it's Oh, a, like, yeah, you,
2: yeah. Once you so out. it's a
3: gold level because she's um, at the first I'd child. i say bronze. No, um, no, no. That's when you've had like three or four. Oh, no. from.
2: Wow, that sounds painful. Uh, um, God, Alberta girl. You know, I would, I would probably not go to the hospital either unless the bleeding never stopped. If the bleeding yeah. kept going and it's like a, you know, hours later, I probably then might go to the emergency room.
3: I bet there's so many teeny tiny blood vessels in your uh, in your pussy. It's kind of like you know when you nick your hand, it just say. Like, there's so many tiny blood vessels there That it just pisses blood for ages I yeah. think it'll probably be the same in your pussy You're not going to die It's God. just going to let it bleed I
2: would get queasy too though um, Alright, next call here is an Ask Kate We haven't had one of these in a while So uh, here's an Ask Well, I think we had some on the uh, Patreon recently But here's an Ask Kate From a New Caller
5: oh. to you
2: you stand alone holding your chicken still reach your offers and you're feeling blue theme music all right here it is hi there second
0: time caller first time lover um all right. i just wanted to give you a story about my Old girlfriend I'd reunited with. I called earlier, but I don't think I articulated it well because I drink, uh, and she does too. But we recently got back together after pandemic romance, uh, which I had lost. I had divorced, and lost my house, and moved from San Diego to Texas. Oh my God! And got back together with a woman who. Who was a tweaker and we fucked and this was
2: 20 years ago though. All right, all right, all right. So okay, okay. This guy was married, got a divorce, lost his house. I wonder if he was having some kind of online affair with this tweaker ex-girlfriend of his from 20 years no, ago. No,
3: I just, I just think. It's San Diego. Fucking get out of there, mate. It's, like, probably the most boring city in all of California.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> weather is amazing, but, yeah, it's pretty boring. So, yeah, get out. Well, it's not, it sounded like he was like, I'm going to skip town and then uh, rekindle this romance with an old flame.
0: And everything was great, and it was just like... I love this background. Was <laughs> I know, it's like She's the like Red in... Shoe Diaries. I was in Fort Sill, and I was in Fort Worth, and the shoe would come down, and we would just... Do this amazing stuff, and her friend would come down, and Uh-oh. it was all just oh.
2: a, Some a fantasy.
0: And hmm, I've come to love her now over the phone, over the over the
2: uh you know laptop, and loving each other. And okay, wait, wait, let's make sure I'm following this clearly. <laughs> he moved over there, started a pandemic romance with this girl. But back before when they dated, they lived in different cities in Texas. And then they had this oh, amazing relationship and threesomes and all that.
3: Right. And now they're, they're getting they're back older, together.
2: They're getting back together. Okay.
3: After 20 years.
2: Masturbating together. And now
0: I've moved out here to her place in East Texas. Have my own place, have a job, have everything. And she's. I want to go down on her. And I, I forgot that we sh- I never went down on her. What? Never went down on her before. She just always had an orgasm. And I can imagine. Does that make any sense? <laughs>
2: Wait, they,
3: So they, what, they were- when he was first seeing her, when they first met, he never, he never ate her out. And now he is. And they're having like
2: threesomes out? and things like that. And they never, he never once gave her oral sex because she had an orgasm.
3: Yeah, maybe he just didn't do that. But don't be every man out there, I'm assuming, fucking licks the pussy. Yeah, but You've don't you want to. her to have
2: multiple orgasms? That's the best thing about a vagina is you can have multiple orgasms. Yeah. You really need to, like, re-energize. You can just, like, keep doing it.
3: This is 2021. There should be no man, no straight man walking this planet that doesn't lick a pussy.
2: Well, it sounds like he wants to, but she doesn't yeah, so want to. so
3: why not? Let's oh, see.
2: It's like I would masturbate and watch
0: porn and she would have an orgasm, but I couldn't touch her. Uh, I mean, in, in her uh, vagina uh, area. <laughs> in her labia area. And <laughs> no, we labia. Labia. What is up? No one ever went down on her. I learned. No what? one has ever made her come. Only she can make herself come.
3: Oh no. And
0: I'm flabbergasted. I don't know, consternated. All those motherfucking words are (laughs) taken aback. Shocked. Uh, So, you, Rambo, tell me what, what. I mean, she swears she's never been abused or anything. She's the only one who can touch her vagina and make herself come. And nobody else can. And when I penetrate we have penetrative sex. we can't. Uh um she says she comes, but she's reaching down
2: underneath there.
0: <laughs> not like not like yeah. secretly you're like uh, Wait,
2: well, it keeps going there, And then, so
0: she's reaching down there secretively or whatever. And of course, when I was younger, this is 20 years ago. I didn't care. I'm 64 now. She's so 57, and yeah, she says that she's like not having that estrogen pumped out anymore. And I'm like, well, "Fuck, man! I wish oh, she told you that, but told me that before I moved out of here." But anyway, I, 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 how can she say that and still make herself come? And but nobody else can, only her. It seems odd to me. I've been with two long marriages and both women had a hard time coming, but it didn't have it had you. nothing to do with they were both abused, and it had no. nothing to do with I can't. I'm the only one who can do it. I'm the only one who can make myself come. which makes me think she never came. Uh, I don't know. Keep it sick,
2: keep it wrong. Keep it hard, keep it long. Bye. <laughs> some trouble in paradise here. So what what well, do you think of this, Kay Rambo?
3: Well, my first advice to him would be like, it's the same as with men. No woman's pussy is the same as the next woman's pussy. But I definitely do think that some people get stuck. Men as well. You get stuck being like, this is, this is how I come. And then you get stuck in that kind of like, oh, I can do this. Especially with wanking, it's yeah. like nobody can, like, I can make myself come in 30 seconds. I'm sure you can as well in the right scenario with the right pawn on, but it's not sometimes they, a man can do that. Would they say, so, like,
2: a lot of dudes, as they're, you know, discovering their sexuality and start masturbating, they use like a death grip. And it's like a, a grip that only they're used to using. And if you get too, too, you know, uh, uh you know, used to doing Climatized. it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, used to to in that way that it's really hard for a girl to get you off or your partner to get you off because you've like accustomed your body to having this particular response. So
3: same for girls. You're supposed I would to say. train
2: yourself away from that. Um, you know, uh, have you ever uh, have you ever used a Hitachi magic wand?
3: No, I'm scared of them because I just think they they desensitize you
2: once once a girl gets i mean i'm hitachi doesn't give girls powerful orgasms but i've had a few girls that were like just swore by them. but once they start using a hitachi it's hard to have just a regular orgasm without the Hitachi. so i remember a lot of these girls you know a couple partners of mine in the past we would have sex and they would have to use a hitachi at the same time believe me i'm i'm not offended by that i know a lot of guys sometimes have a rivalry with vibrators me, I'm always kind of like, you know, it's go team. Let's it's let's, your pal, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's make her come. We're pals here, uh, you know, comrades in arms. But I've noticed that with Hitachi, is you've trained your body to come a certain way, and I wonder if she's kind of uh, yeah. She's
3: like 57 now. I'd also say that medications. If you're on certain medication, like if she's on antidepressants, oh lord, like that totally like makes it even harder to come menopause menopause, know, menopause too my advice to him would be like right would just be to fucking take this take your lady out and you just like spend t- treat her like you're 18 17 again and just you spend a lot of time necking her you spend a lot of time necking her doing all the far play moves like when you were 18 again and i bet you she will fucking come
2: Hmm. But what if um, it sounds like she doesn't like to be touched downstairs, or even like uh, like or oh. to be touched at all? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. He's not. Really, I do he's think that's a that.
3: shame. That's a shame for her. Well, I've, didn't, why aren't we talking? We might have been talking about this on the patron lately. But I just like I feel bad for women who don't like their pussy being licked out because it's it's the. I would rather have my pussy ate than have sex. Like, fucking, let's do that for half an hour You'd prefer that skip to, to having sex No, I, I love being banged Don't get me wrong but like, it's well, a, Usually booking, it's, it's a, a totally prelude different, It's a, yeah, prelude but it's to a totally sex, different yeah. sensation It's a totally different orgasm And it's looking, It's hot It's hot to have a man's face in your pussy It's very powerful
2: I have been with some girls though Who are uncomfortable um, Having oral sex I have like, some
3: friends who think it's gross I'm just like, yeah. you're joking me like, I,
2: you know, I dated this one girl, God, this was years ago. It was in San Francisco. She was Puerto Rican, and she was, like, I met her on, like, I don't know. Actually, I think I met her randomly at a bar one time. She's really cute. Uh, but she was, She grew up religious, Had never had a vibrator. I remember being like, you should <gasps> get a vibrator. Never had a vibrator, would never use one. And she was, like, she would let me go down on her, but you could tell she was uncomfortable it. about it. Like, her body was really tense, and she just wasn't – didn't let herself go. So it wasn't fun because you could tell that yeah. she wasn't enjoying it. She was just doing it because I wanted to do it. You know? I would also
3: say to, to this guy as well, an orgasm it is like an end point, but it's not the whole journey. You shouldn't make like shagging or like being intimate. You shouldn't be like, oh yeah, we're just going to do this so we can come. It should be about fucking having fun and having a giggle and just like being naked together so i would say you both need to reset your mindset there and be like it's not about she's gonna have to come by touching herself she'll just be like let's just be naked and get drunk and
2: i think i would like try fool
3: around
2: i would try uh yeah. introducing toys too again maybe go, go with her to um like good vibrations or a, a sex store and just be like hey which one of these and you know which one of these do you want to try out buy her an expensive vibrator and if she's enjoying, you know, using that, then maybe you could start doing other things.
3: The other thing is you know, really simple gateway. as well. Yeah, is to say like, well, I want to watch you wank, so that I can try and do exactly the same thing that you're doing. Because if she's like, oh, only I can do it because I've got this special like, she's like Liam Neeson, I've got this special, this special set special, of wrist uh, skills. Yeah, well, then I'd be like, show me. I want to watch you wank. So then, the next time I can try and get it right on
2: you. Yeah, you can learn. I mean, I think the the part about it is so kind of what you're saying. It's like have fun with it. You know, it's not like you're it's like some kind of business transaction here.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just sex. Like, yeah, coming is great, but it's not like it doesn't have to be the end all and be all. Like most women, I will go so far as to say, don't fucking come every time they have sex. And it doesn't matter. It's about fucking having fun and like.
2: He's making it, it sound like he's a bit resentful. He's just like, you know, I moved all the way over here and you won't let me lick your pussy. Okay, like, you sold me a bill of goods. <laughs> it's like, I, I admire think...
3: that about this man that he really wants to be face deep, <laughs> buried in her pussy, and that's good.
2: But I think you're reconnecting. <laughs> it takes time, you know? Get comfortable yeah, with yeah. each other sexually. I say go she straight for the be sex ready toys. For it. yeah
3: I agree, the sex toys is a good move.
2: Yeah. Try it out. Um,. Good luck with that. All right. Well, this next guy guy has no problems whatsoever making a woman come.
3: It's not Schlitzy, is it?
1: Hi, guys. Warwick here again.
3: Hey. Hey. Uh,
1: You were recently talking about uh, Brazil and Colombia and life over there. It just reminded me of my Colombian girlfriend. Um,
3: Shakira. Yeah.
1: In in Colombia, she was quite quite a high-flying lawyer. Um, She actually taught law, Uh, she had TV celebrity friends and friends with the ambassador. She was, uh, yeah, like from from the very top (laughs) richest gang of Columbia. Um, But where I met her in London, she was just having a year out to learn English and experience (laughs) life abroad. Just to have a laugh. And she was actually working in a McDonald's in London. But, uh, yeah, I am her.
2: Warwick Davis picked up a girl working at a McDonald's.
3: A high flying lawyer as well.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> so she was a lawyer. Well, wait, was she a lawyer in Columbia and then just came out or was she in school when I mean, you met her?
3: Yeah, kind of. Is it well James Hetfield also worked in uh, at a McDonald's? Did
2: he? Did
3: he? Yeah. That so was like his first job.
2: Prior to uh like was it was the band even around then? Or was it before? I think even he was in
3: in vans But it was like His first ever job Was in McDonald's oh. Don't look down On people who work At no, McDonald's I'm not Steve. looking
2: down I'm impressed That he was able To pick up a girl Who worked at McDonald's I've never been able To do that
3: Personally I would love A partner who worked At McDonald's So then I could have Access to the fries on <laughs> the but they, but they would
2: smell like it I don't know You've never worked At fast food But I, I remember Working at uh, Little Caesars And Burger King It gets in your skin Like you just smell Like that grease it's Oh, fucking okay.
3: Take it back
1: in a, a salsa club um but yeah she had a she had a good story about one of her friends her, her friend's boss got into trouble with the wrong people and her friend was like in the same car when he got hit so the the driver her boss got shot and she was in the back so she just got shot in the head as well uh, But because because my girlfriend was a um a lawyer she she had access, she heard the the news report, recognized her name, had access to the morgue because she was a a lawyer. She sort of knew people could get in. So she just went to sort of check it he was her friend. So she went in there and said she was there lying on the
2: I do love when uh, Warwick Davis's stories take a darker turn. You know, it's always really so really dark. dark. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Like he, he called in with like all his made to committed suicide. Like, yeah, really I'm the like patron. An, yeah, like really. I like when they take this like dark turn. That's what's happening here.
1: oh So I've obviously naked, gunshot to the head. instead um, of face still looked like like she was in shock. Obviously, like, um, but uh, irises have been removed. I think apparently, if you get into a like a, a bit of a, a non-natural death like a road traffic accident or a shooting or something they, they often harvest parts as quite a good second hand market I think for, for body parts uh, but so she told me this story and she said oh my friend would have been mortified and I was thinking yeah too right getting shot in the head but she was saying no she, she was lying there on the floor next to black people <laughs> I
2: was like oh dear so yeah the, the- <laughs>
3: That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I
2: did not think this was going there. Okay. Wow. Can I
3: say one of my lifelong dreams has always been that they're like, Kate, we need you to come to the morgue to identify a body. And I'm like, oh, oh of course. And then I go into the morgue. It's all very somber. It's like 4 a.m. It's all very serious. You know, it's that kind of blue lighting. And they pull back the sheet and I just go, shit. I don't know him.
2: No, <laughs> just, I have no idea who that is.
3: I've always wanted to do it, and just like I don't know who the fuck that is.
2: Well, I love how, like, even in death, she's still racist. <laughs> God. Part
1: of being shot in the head was where you were laid to rest afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, interesting story there. She she later, when she had to go back home, she invited me back to Colombia. A little. <laughs> Little, little English smiley fella going over there mixing with rich Colombians. It sounded like a, a great way to lose your head. So, uh, yeah, that never happened. Anyway, keep smiling,
2: guys. Cheers. Oh, bummer. <laughs> come on, Warren Davis, you could have been a drug lord. The he next could have gone back and
3: been, like, king of Colombia. <laughs> I'm going to imagine that his girlfriend was Shakira. Shakira the lawyer.
2: I've always wanted to go uh, to Colombia, though I've heard it's quite dangerous.
3: I've always wanted to go. Actually, the guitarist in my band, he drives bands around Europe for a living. And a couple of years back, there was a Colombian band who were coming here because they were going to go play this festival in London uh, that La Vida puts on every year. But they said, oh, do you want anything brought over from Colombia? And he just was like, no. He didn't even think about it because he doesn't what? take drugs, and I was like, "Are you no. joking?" I was like, "Are you actually joking?" It's like these, their people best can get, <laughs> these people get these people get coke for like forty p a gram, and you're <laughs> saying no. He was like, oh, "I don't take drugs." I was like,
2: "Oh." Yeah, a friend of mine. A friend of mine used to go there. Like, I don't know, once every a couple of years with his. He had a he had a girlfriend that lived there. For a bit That they just became friends But they would go there And do like the ayahuasca thing And all that But he was yeah. saying Like you would just Hang out at the bar And if you just You know Ask the bartender Or you ask the security guy Like hey We're gonna get some uh, some A gram of drugs It was like Uncut Cocaine For like Four dollars For a gram <laughs> Which is just Unbelievable To even think about Like I don't even know If anyone's ever really I mean not It'd be honest, good to go
3: over there To just really die that. basically to be like, I'm yeah. going over there, and I'm not coming back from Colombia. Well, the
2: thing is, too, though, it's like one of those areas where shit could. Ha- I mean, there's people getting killed all the time. <laughs> I mean, you can get shot here too, but I just think over there, you've got like... more
3: chance of going to Colorado and getting shot in a in a supermarket, I think, than you do I don't being killed know in
2: Colombia. Like, I feel like some of those countries, like Mexico, and there's it's you know there's there's a lot a lot of gang violence. That no Effects
3: went to Columbia and they survived. Everything uh, I know about these,
2: <laughs> these injuries no are
3: all from No Effects back I bet you Fab Mike
2: scored a lot of cocaine there.
3: Look, yeah, he I'm did. Sure. Of course.
2: Anyway, Warwick <laughs> Davis, thank you for the dark story. I'm Keep using on
3: smiling. A
2: double entendre there for dark. Um, hey. People call the secret on hotline 323 522 4032. Um, can't say how much we, um, we are grateful to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. It does keep us going. At this point, I've been doing the show for like 15 years. And the only reason I'm doing it these days, <laughs> of course, I enjoy, um, you know, spending time with K Rambo, but it's also, Thank you. you know, being supported on Patreon. It, you know, it keeps the show going, uh, keeps me going, um, and, uh, I love yeah. the
3: Patreon, I love all the content we make
2: on that Well, you know, Patreon's kind of fun to hang out Even though it's like even more work than just doing the regular show It's kind of fun because it's like, you know, you let your guard down We can speak freely about stuff It's like, I, I tend to like, you know, share more details on the Patreon Because it's only listening to people who are subscribing Instead of just like yeah, publicly me too. available, you know
3: It's like a clubhouse
2: yeah, yeah. But, but it's fun and it's like, you know, especially now it's people are interacting a lot more. People are commenting. Uh, there's a whole discord that's going on there. But for seriously, for five bucks a month, that's like $60 a year, $5 a month. Uh, you Less get an extra story. Yeah, you get <laughs> extra phone calls. Um, you get outtakes. Uh, this week we actually had a phone call from a guy who ta- who's talking about a Craigslist hooker story where like the, the, the prostitute's kid walked in on them. I, oh yeah, yeah, mid coitus. <laughs> um, but then, uh, for a few bucks more, if you want know, to spend ten bucks a month, um, you get not only do you get the uh, the the bonus episode um, overkill, but you also get our sick and wrong news segment where um, we just do not only just crime stories but just random stories. Uh, this week, speaking of cocaine, we we're talking about how uh, drug users are using woke coke. Um, That's what what they're paying double for. So they're paying double for ethically sourced cocaine called woke coke. Um, We also talked about about a a story where a man found out his son is actually his uncle because his grandfather slept with his girlfriend. Very confusing story. But that's the type of things we talk about on the Sick and Wrong Patreon. So just go to (laughs) patreon.com slash wrong. Sign up today. Support the show. We do appreciate it. Um, also, there's a sale right now at the uh T public store. They're doing like some kind of summer Fourth of July thing. Uh, but yeah, it's like uh, I think it's I don't know, thirty two percent off right now. So if you go to sick dot com slash shop, click on the picture of the Pope, buy yourself some sick and wrong merch. And finally, here, sick and wrong song of the week. I'm gonna have to dedicate this one to John McAfee, Internet yeah. Outlaw. Um, <laughs> we're gonna end the show here with uh, don't You Think This Outlaw Bits Done Got Out done of got Hand? Out
1: of Hand. It's
2: a song written and recorded by American country music artist Waylon Jennings. No um, last
3: name needed, D. It's just Waylon.
2: Most people should know Waylon, yeah. Uh, it was released in October 1978. It's the second single from his album, I've Always Been Crazy. Love Waylon, big fan. Same. That's, Waylon is a good, uh, that's some good music to listen to on America Day. You know? America
3: Day, well, people, I've got two heroes. It's Elvis and Waylon. But if you ever asked me to choose, I always actually pick Waylon. Much to people's shock.
2: I'm shocked. You're not a true Elvis fan.
3: I'm a true Elvis you fan. You get kicked through, out of Graceland
2: admitting that.
3: The music, the music to me is Waylon. But Waylon is
2: a good, that's some good music for America Day. So I'm hope, hopefully everybody's uh, barbecuing, lighting up some fireworks, putting on some Waylon Jennings, shotgun Bud Light.
3: Stop teeing Wayland. In
2: America, America. <laughs> People will be back next week with episode uh, seven ninety nine. We're right. We're like literally two episodes Jeez. away from episode eight hundred. Yeah, we have. Uh, what have
3: you done with your life and your time? Eight hundred episodes, episodes of Sick and Wrongs.
2: It's a milestone oh, episode, and we Jeez. have a uh, special guest. Um, that hopefully will work out. So we'll find out about that. But anyway, happy 4th of July. Be careful with your sparklers. They're not toys, people. We'll be back next week. Till then, take a sleazy. I'm
5: for law and order The way that it should be Songs about the night They spent protecting you from me Someone called us outlaws In some old magazine New York City posse down like I ain't never seen Don't you think I outlaw business done got out of hand What started out song. The cars pull up, the boys get out, and the room filled up with song They came bounding through the back door in the middle of the song. They got me for possession of something that was gone. not you take us out, it, gun. got All Lon- Most passionate about in life?
2: Uh, cocaine, bad bitches, and alcohol. Cocaine, alcohol, and bad bitches. Way cooler than coronavirus. <laughs>